Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coast to Coast, the hockey podcast. Today, we have a little bit of a different type of episode. We'll be going over the usual recent topics around the league, but today we have another guest. G-Man, who goes by at NotoriousG88 on Twitter, is a hardcore Canucks fan who has been pretty eager to be on the podcast to talk about none other than the Canucks hockey. So today, we're introducing 32 Deep Dives with Coast to Coast, the hockey podcast. We've invited G-Man not only to talk about his experiences and knowledges, knowledge as a Canucks fan, but to dive deeper into the Canucks organization, team, fan experience, predictions, and more. Enough of me yapping. Uh, going over to my co-host, Danny, how are you today? Hey, Marge. I'm okay. And you? I'm pretty good. I'm I'm doing okay. Um, it's been kind of chilly here, but uh, I, I, it seems every time you ask me how I'm doing, I'm always talking about the weather. Because uh, there's nothing else to do around here. So. Well, you know what? Uh, you know me. I, I listen to a lot of um, podcasts, and it's always awkward how to start an episode. So thank you so much for being the, uh, <laughs> you know, the volunteer on that one. Very good intro, by the way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I watch a lot of podcasts, and they all struggle. They have, don't have no idea what to say. They're always, um, you know, welcome back as as if we're all waiting outside the door, you know. So yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm very excited as well to have G-Man on. Uh, I follow him on Twitter. He's a good follow. He's a, you know, doesn't maybe root for the best team out there, but uh, he's uh, he's definitely an interesting character to follow. So, again, um, welcome aboard, G-Man. Um, you want to just repeat your Twitter handle one more time so we can get started here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, yes, yeah, Troy's G88 on Twitter. Um, you can follow me for some hot takes on there. <laughs> okay, Danny, you want to start us off on this deep dive and basically what we'll be covering and start us off? Yeah, Brent, for sure. I mean, I wanted to kind of explain to the audience what we mean by these deep dives. Um, obviously, there's a lot of, you know, content creators out there that do some deep dives throughout their teams. Um, but I think we're, we have like a good format going and I think we're going to test it out today and hopefully uh, do this for other teams as well with uh, either you and me or other participants. So, um, deep dives are going to probably constitute of uh, eight major topics, I guess. Um, some of them will be, you know, expanding more on and spending more time. Some of them will be, you know, going through quickly over them if there's not much uh, uh, interesting things to say about them. Uh, first one being obviously fan experience. Um, this is a close one to me. I, you know, not having the luxury to be everywhere. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting to hear the fan perspective from locals. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the current team roster, uh, their prospect pool, um, management and ownership. I think these two go in hand in hand. Uh, the past and future, again, a good uh, a good overview there. Uh, rivalries, if there's any, um, maybe not the Coyotes, but I think the Coyotes, <laughs> they have a rivalry, right? They have, uh, was it uh, Vegas? Maybe. I maybe. have no idea. <laughs> they're, well, uh, they're the city of uh, <laughs> any city in Arizona. That's the rivalry. Yeah, I think their their main rivalry is, is the city Arizona, exactly with the permits and stuff. <laughs> um, and then we have obviously we're gonna do like a prediction for the upcoming season. Uh, again, if we get a fan on 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 the podcast, I think they're gonna always gonna be overhyping their own team, but we'll see about that. Um, and also ranking their jerseys. Why not? Uh, might be trivial, but some of the teams really have nice jerseys out there. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, that's about it. Uh, fan experience. You wanna uh, you want me to start this off? Yeah, sure. All right, G-Man, get ready for this one. So <laughs> um, tell us about the Vancouver Canucks. Um, 
where are they located? Like actually in the area in the city? Um, is it a good arena? You know, tell us your impressions about it. Um, how do you get there? Anything you know that you think is is uh, interesting for our audience to hear about? Yeah, it's um like most Canadian uh, markets, the arena is located in like the downtown area, uh, unless you're Ottawa and you're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's nice having it downtown because it's like you know you can go to the arena, you can go to the game, you can go to other stuff. Uh, it's next to BC Place, so you can go catch a soccer game there, um, which is nice. Um, commute wise, it's it's pretty good for me. It's 30 minutes um, on the Sky Train here in Vancouver. Um, driving to the game is a bit of a hassle because you have to find parking and mm-hmm. you know with these days parking yeah. stuff. So that is bothersome. Um, but the arena itself, I'd say pretty it's pretty good. It's um it's been here for like about I think since '95, if, if I remember correctly. Um, formerly known as General Motors Place uh, until 2010 when they changed it to Rogers Arena. Um, it's it's a smaller arena, I would say, compared to like somewhere like the Bell Center. Um, the corridors and the hallways are kind of tight, so when it's intermission, it's going to be a, kind of a riot in there. Um, but I think the biggest wow factor, it's not really much of a wow factor it is, but it's the Costco outside. Um, you know, as we know, <laughs> Hell yeah. the price arenas. They're brutal, I'll tell you that. You know, um, like I think March and I went to a game once, and uh, I, I can't remember how much the donuts were. Well, the donuts were just oh, expensive. Oh, slice of pizza is like twelve bucks. I think the only oh. time, well, last time we went, I'd be bought um, a popcorn. You can buy a, a popcorn, or you can buy bottomless popcorn. Um, and bottomless is obviously more expensive. Um, the we bought the regular popcorn is already like way too much, but that was actually I think we paid for the popcorn. And I had like a coffee. It was like ten bucks in total, which is actually insane, like insanely good. Um, oh, I think mm-hmm. we've split the price of the popcorn, so I paid seven bucks. So, anyways, it was that was the only thing, well, the only things I've ever bought at Rogers Arena. But aside from that, yeah, G-Man's right. I mean, like the prices are insane, and they don't even let you bring like water in the arena. So no, <laughs> oh, no yeah. it's 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 brutal. Like I remember during the intermission last time we went, we were we like walked by Panago, and we're like, oh yeah, you know, let's get a slice. I think we looked for like three seconds and we're like, we realized the price and just ran back to the seats. Like, through this. <laughs> Crazy. So, yeah, having the prices so high uh, makes having a Costco lucrative, I'd say, outside the arena. So, it's kind of become a tradition now when you go to the game, you just go to Costco where there's like massive, like six lines outside <laughs> uh, onto the street almost. And I, it's probably hurting the Aquilinis, the owners, and the bank. Um, I don't know yeah. how they haven't stewed the crap out of Costco yet, but <laughs> as a fan, it's uh, it is nice. It's nice because you you know you're there for three hours, so you want to stock up. You want to have enough, to, you know, uh, enough to eat. Um, yeah, it's it's a notable arena. Um, it's I've seen arena rankings around the league, and it it comes around like average, I'd say. Um, it's not the best in fan entertainment. Uh, they've like they've you know they have Finn the mascot around the games. They have Crazy Pete, who's this dude in a jersey, and he just goes around the arena slamming a yeah. drum and get fans riled up. And he's a bit tacky. People aren't a fan of it, but um, they're trying. You know, it's, <laughs> I, I don't blame them. It, it's been tough for the past decade to really, you know, get this arena going. So um, I will, I, I I will say, sorry, I will say that uh, I remember I went to a game and I sent Danny a clip of the pre-game thing with like you know how they do all like the light show and shit like i i and i 
I, Danny, what did you say to me? You said that like this is playoffs, like Montreal or something only does this for like the playoffs, or I don't know if you said it was Calgary Possibly. Flames, but like, yeah, I was oh, like, I mean, if, if it's Calgary, it's a uh, it's a celebration <laughs> of the new ownership, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, it was like this crazy light show. It's just like a rave in there, and it's just before like some regular season game, and it was. I think they do that really well. Um, like the pregame shows, they do like these little like movies, um, like 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 action movies with the team players they put on before the game. It's fun. It's a fun time. Yeah, to, to, to touch on the movies part, actually, this is the third year that they've done that, and you can go, you can actually go watch the movies on YouTube. It's not like a whole movie, but like it's a little quick video of the team. Um, the first year was like a zombie theme, so all the players are like versed in a, a bunch of zombies. It was awesome. But they mm-hmm. put a, they actually have a whole team for this specifically. Um, they've actually like gone and hired like Hollywood directors to put this together. So major props to them for that. Really? Okay. Um, one dumb question, but uh, just for those listening, so what train station do you get off for, uh, for this area? Uh, I believe it's Stadium Chinatown. Stadium yeah. Chinatown. Okay, I'm not gonna make a joke here. All right. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, half okay just to clarify it's called stadium chinatown because on the one side is chinatown the other side is the stadiums so okay okay um look for once i mean i've been there obviously um never been to an actual game before uh two things kind of you know stuck 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 out for me i guess when i was there uh yeah you're right about the costco i think one of the cool you know fun facts that march told me about uh, the Costco across the street is that um, I think this is the only Costco, I think either in Canada or North America, or I don't know what, that um, have the uh, the restaurant. Like you don't have to go through the membership thing. Like you can just walk into the Costco from from the other side. So you don't have to actually go into the into the store. So you can go to get get a hot dog. Yeah, I I read that somewhere. What I I did also mention the fact that this actually this Costco has the most hot dogs in North America. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. that's what I was talking about in North America. But I feel like this also is there's probably an, an, a location out there that has it outside. But yeah, but it makes total sense because it like, makes no sense for it, people to enter. Well, <laughs> the amount of people getting food at Costco before a yeah. game, I think there's a reason it's outside because it yeah. would be impossible to do, because everyone, because most of them are always at the exit, the the yeah. ones inside, like the you know normal Costco's, the um, the food court. So imagine you're trying to, you have all your shopping cart and you're trying to exit to, you know, get the person to, you know, write, uh, write their signature on your receipt. And there's like 50,000 Canucks fans just waiting for a hot dog. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get out. <laughs> so yeah, it makes total sense. They've, they've kind of like shifted the lineup away from like where all the carts and where everyone goes down yep. to their car. So um, it's pretty and, good. And I have to make a comment about this. I mean, for people listening in, this is crazy stuff. I mean, um, for you guys, it's maybe normal, but like I, it was the craziest thing for me to see an indoor underground parking for a Costco and people are like out <laughs> yeah. there with their carts waiting for an elevator like idiots. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> I found that insane, insane when I saw it. So <laughs> that's why we wanted to mention it. Yeah. Uh, it's a good thing we keep these episodes uh, explicit because I'm gonna say it right now. These, this whole Costco setup that they have is a shit show, uh, in my opinion. So um, <laughs> I don't know. It's in a good way, but um, anyway. I've never been to the parking downstairs. Uh, usually, uh, I drove G-Man. There. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
uh, usually G-Man and I eat uh, on the ramp down. Like we'd usually just have a spot and we just have like a, and the thing is like, like the food just fills you up so quick. So um, the the only issue is that like, if you get like a slice of pizza or something, and I screwed up my Jersey doing this crap, uh, you get a slice of pizza and they're like, they, it's like they, they dip it in like oil before you yeah, like, give it to you. I know. Cause like I was eating and it went on my Jersey and I was like, oh, just... I agree. <laughs> it's got kind of a bag of salt and uh, I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyways, all right. Enough of the uh, Costco uh, podcast. No, but I like it. I mean, it's 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 very <laughs> it's very funny. Like when it comes to like I don't know if Montreal has the same thing now with Provigo right across the street. Provigo is a um, is a grocery store, but they have like a mini version of that grocery store. Um, I don't I don't think like it's nothing compared to this, obviously, but. Um, yeah, it is there. It is there for most, mostly for the condos uh, across the and and from uh, the you know the Calgary uh, Saddle Dome. I guess uh, we'll we'll talk about that at some point. But um, good. Uh, thank you for that, G man. Um, anything else other than soccer around it? Um, you saw you mentioned that it's pretty close by to like the the, the transit system. Anything else around it that might be noteworthy? Um, not a lot. There's like Science World. Um, not like a like a good 15 minute walk from it, which is uh, if most people don't know Science World, you'll see it on landscapes, um, of Vancouver. But it's pretty much a place you go and you. It's more like a kids thing where you learn about science and such. So, um, that's nice. There's kayaking nearby uh, next to Science World. Uh, tons of bars, so you can go to a bar before a game, um, and then go to the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have a place across the street, so you can catch another game there. And and just to touch on the food here, as much as we're uh, we're, we're driving up Costco here, mm-hmm. uh, Rogers Arena does do food very well. Um, from what I've heard around the league, um, you have to pay obviously uh, a good yeah. buck to it. But they've really, in the last few years, I've up- upgraded their their eating experience um, within the arena. Now, for most fans, I am not paying that much money for. I think it's twenty four dollars a burger, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah. Um, the sports bar at Rogers. So um, it's great. You get a view of like the rink from the bar and you get food and stuff. But yeah, it's um, it can be Costco. Yeah. Yeah. OK, good. Anything else uh, special like um, look on game day? Like do they have like uh, parties? Do they have like uh, any games, anything like that, like done by the uh, by the organization or is it um, is it all on the inside? Um, yeah, there's a bit like you go outside, there'll be raffles um, for like a RAV4, whatever it is. And um, I remember one time March and I got stuck. We were trying to find the gate and we got grabbed by uh, Hockey Night in Canada's Punjabi team for an interview. So that's Yeah, and mm-hmm, we never made yeah. it on team. We did get interviewed. Um, but yeah, there's it's now it's not <laughs> like a playoff atmosphere, I'd say. Like if the construct of the playoffs, you, you'd expect a lot. Um, so it's died down outside. Um, a lot of it, like you said, um, is inside. So that there'll be like a marching band inside, going mm-hmm. around the like the corridors and the hallways, just drumming up something. And yeah, it's it it it's mainly inside. On the outside, I've seen way more back in in, in the good old decades. But um, yeah, yeah. Quite these there's days. not a whole lot of room outside. No, no. They have the what was it? The what plaza is that? They call it something plaza. I forget. Anyways. One thing uh, that's coming back to me now, I, I was there like um, obviously during the summer, right? so I didn't really catch a game there, but uh, it's coming back to me now. I, you remember March when I when I went there and I saw and I messaged you like saying, like, hey, uh, 
Bo Horvat has been a captain there for years now, and they haven't even bothered updating the uh, the picture um, on the arena, like on the outside of him with the C on. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Maybe they knew about something that we didn't at the time. So. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. They, they, I, I, I think he's, no, he's, he's definitely gone. But what about the seats? For... What about the seats there? Music, yeah, uh, I mean, you he, mentioned the music is good. Speakers, like, is it? You know, you guys mentioned oh. the lasers and stuff. Like, how's the energy? Like, is it uh, is it lively there, or is it like a? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the seats have been a debate, like themselves between Kazakhstan for like you know probably the past decade, um, demanding new seats because the seats have just been horrible. There's no cup holders. Uh, wow. The upholstery is kind of crappy. So. Oh, there's. Um, it, um, I'm just gonna say that uh, you know I'm not uh, gonna call myself uh, the you know the you know Zach Efron fitness level here, but uh, <laughs> in terms of uh, getting into those seats, get like it's it's very difficult to jump out of them when they score, because you're like yeah. your entire your your hips and your arms are hitting the armrests because they're so compact together and there's like wow. little room for your knees and like they just like compact everything in there. So that's been my complaint when I've gone to games. Yeah, the seats have been. Hmm. I'm glad I asked. No, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No idea. Um, if this summer, uh, there's a lot of uh, optimism of new seats coming in because there are photos leaked of uh, them trying out new seats. Um, unfortunately, the optimism died pretty quickly because the new black seats they brought in that were like leather and they had cup holders uh, are only for like a premium like suite that they're putting in. Um, but they are going to uh, eventually have all the seats replaced in the next, I think, three, four years. So. That is one bonus for finally getting after a decade of complaining. You wanna, you wanna talk about what else they're they're doing in the arena there? Well, it's it, yeah. So the past two years have been a lot of renovations going on. Um, so like last year, last summer they renovated the locker rooms, uh, completely changed up the landscape behind, like in the hallways where the players are. So they tore down like the the locker rooms for both teams, relocated them, and did just so much work, which actually delayed them for last season they couldn't practice at rogers the entire summer and the reason why right when last year started um on the road was because they couldn't play at home so they did a lot of that and personally i found that when they changed the locker room it kind of made it worse it felt more i don't know generic Mm -hmm. Uh, the old one had photos of cox players and you know memorabilia up that really takes pride in ownership and the team and they just kind of replaced that with wood and I'm like, well, that's kind of bad. So again, this summer, mm-hmm. back at the renovations, tearing down things the second the team was done this season. Um, and yeah, like one thing being the Titantron, they're they're changing up the Titantron for the third time in team history, which, oh, you know, wow. marched them into the games. They were good. Um, but why not? I'm, I'm not complaining about new Titantron, I'll say that. I I don't know. Like, that's actually something I'm actually very interested in is the Titantrons at arenas. I mean, I... The 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 one the one arena that's really revolutionized Titantrons is obviously Climate Pledge. Well, if there are two, two they have two of them. Um, I don't know what that's like for fan experience. So I'd like I really want to go down to S- Seattle and watch a game. But I've heard baseball games down there are very cheap. The hockey game is not. So, um, but eventually I'd like to go watch a game down there and and experience that arena. Um, I will save for Rogers Arena because we know like the same with uh, Climate Pledge in Seattle, how it's like 
the the top of it it's floor level or ground level and it's like going down well canucks like if you want to go to your gate like i don't know what it's like for the bell center i've never well i've been to the bell center but i haven't been all around it but like in terms of gate access and maybe danny you can talk about this but comparative to rogers arena a lot of it is like you go to gate one and gate one you can like you can only access your gates by like I think by going successfully past or or successive past each gate and it got, doesn't like go around the arena on a flat surface like it goes upstairs and then it goes up to a different bridge and then you're on like a like a highway bridge and then you go around the arena way above ground level to the other um side and then you're in between bc place and rogers arena. then you're onto another bridge and that's where i think the last time we went to a canucks game that's where we accessed our gate and it's like holy heck you got to do all this cardio just to get to your gate it's not like you know you just go to like gate one or like i don't know how other arenas do it um i th- i thought like tampa had like one big one or like some of them have one big gate that everyone accesses or two at least but this one's like it's a it's almost like a it's a hike so interesting um it's a little bit embarrassing for me to not be very precise in my answer on the bell center just because i've mm-hmm. been there so many times but now that i'm thinking about it just the fact that it's never been a an issue for me or i never really thought about it uh, it just means that it's really well done um mm, on the yeah. belt center anywhere any gate you can get in um everything's on street level um so if you're coming from the west side or the east side or like from downtown or um doesn't matter where you're going in i think as far as you, you show up like towards the middle or i guess the front of the building or the sides where the statues are um you can get in like as soon as you're in there's signs for you to know um uh, i don't know like what's what's completely obvious and what's not so that's why like i i'm hesitating of, of saying what the setup is like in montreal because maybe mm, we should have yeah. someone from montreal to refresh our, our memories here but like basically in montreal if you're in section 300 then you go on the third floor like it's not complicated if you go on the fourth you go on the fourth and you go on the second that's where the lodge is on and everything so this is kind of how it is over there so I, if you know yeah. your ticket is is like example section 323 then you know you're going to the third floor like it's not complicated so i don't but know. you but you enter from ground level everything is ground level like it's, so it's just it's like a building like it's a, maybe it's, maybe yeah. i'm being too tough on rogers arena here because in a way you enter where you are like where you're sitting so like gates i don't know how many oh. gates there are g-man i think there's like nine Eight. yeah nine something like yeah that. and like say you're on upper bowl well you're entering from a, a gate that's up mm. like up top lower bowl you would enter from a gate that's lower they have like they have like a, a bunch of special sections. I, I think there's a few. Ga- is there a gate on like the street level or do you have to climb those first initial stairs? Um, for- there's, a, there's a couple on street level. One for sure is the team store one. That one's on the street okay. level. Yeah, um, there's the TD the one, re- but like who cares? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the reason I think they do this is because unlike the Bell Center, the hallways are quite tight. So instead of having everybody go to the ground floor and then like travel through the hallways and the elevators which is just a disaster it just get them to the closest that's to their seats and just save that time yeah that's true i kind of thought about it and maybe that's a good idea at the same time it still doesn't negate the fact that you have to like yeah, hike no, around the entire arena just to get yeah. to your gate so but you're not hiking in like a tight corridor with like 50 people or 500 yeah. people so yeah like we try to get out of games and we're like fighting our way out <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah, sometimes you're lucky. Sometimes uh, you can just literally run out the door and like, because everyone yeah. goes back onto the SkyTrain, like everybody. Like you know, most people, some people have, you know, their cars obviously, but most people are on the train and it's like they sh- every day, and I guess this is also notable, they also shut down the street. The police shut down the street um, for people to cross the street to the SkyTrain station, which is quite interesting because that means like they have to have the VPD have to come and do this traffic control. Um, I don't know if it's the same for the Bell Center, but maybe not because I've seen like the the surroundings of the Bell Center and they're pretty wide areas yeah. to walk and stuff like that. And it, it, it doesn't seem too bad. But also um, like for people, they're not going to be really circulating around the Bell Center because uh, there's two subway stations right underneath, um, like right like almost, you know, like inside the substa- subway station, there are exits for the Bell Center. So as mm. soon as you come out, like you're immediately right in front of the Bell Center. So there's no there's no need for people like to circle around the building or or figure out their exits. It's all the same two doors, I think. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I mean, uh, another thing also to mention is on the back side of the Bell Center, it's actually like the entrance for the players and and and, uh, and the parking lot and stuff. So like like the buses and and the equipment guys and all of these things. Um, and also pay people for people that are paying for parking as well. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they have to go from the back as well. So it's the Bell Center is kind of it's just like if you told me like how's the experience of getting into a Costco. It's the same thing. It's, there's only <laughs> like one or two entrances, one big mm, box, yeah, and that's it. So okay, but uh, sounds that's very interesting. Um, I'm gonna add one more question here. Um, so for anyone that is listening from another city, maybe a other than Montreal and, and Toronto and stuff, and, and maybe the Tea Garden, the Boston and the TD Garden there. Um, would you recommend the, the Vancouver Arena? The, what is it called? The Rogers Arena? Rogers, uh, Rogers, Rogers Arena. Rogers Arena. Rogers Arena. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, would I think guess? I would. Um, now, it's tough when the team kind of sucks. Uh, there's not much energy left. I know, like last year, when uh, the, everyone was kind of hoping for coaching changes, uh, it was hard to go to a game, I guess, and be positive about it. So yeah. I think it really depends. And, and that's kind of like for any Canadian market, you know, when they don't want the team to do well and they want management out, it's it's a dread to go there as an optimistic fan. And uh, But yeah, I think if uh, if things are going well, then absolutely. I think it's worth going and checking out. Because um, I, I think in general, they, they, they uh, do a good job of it. Okay, good to know. Well, I mean, what I meant by that, I mean, everything you described makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think it's a, it's a treat for someone to visit Vancouver uh, alone, uh, just for the tourist reasons. But uh, going to a game is definitely a plus. Um, but even when you compare it like with cities like Ottawa, nothing against Ottawa, but like even if they have a very good team, there's nothing, there's no point of, of traveling to go to Ottawa. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, all right, uh, moving on. Um, March, you want to take the next uh, segment here of the deep dive? Yeah, sure. I just wanted to t- mention one thing. Uh, G-Man, you wanted to talk about, uh, was there something you wanted to add on on the plaza outside and, and the statues? I remember you mentioned this to me. Yeah, there's, um, just quickly, actually, uh, there's a statue outside of Roger Arena. If you go there, it's, I was going to say it's in front of Roger Arena, but like, if you go there, you don't really know what the front is. Um, but <laughs> yes. right off the sky tree, come off the sky train, you're kind of like heading the general area of where the front, I guess, would be. And uh, there's a statue of Roger Nielsen on there now. I've been a fan since 2012, or sorry, not 20, well, 2012, 2011. Um, so I'm not really familiar with the guy from the 80s. But um, looking up uh, about things about Roger Nielsen is he was a coach for the Canucks. And 
which is only which one team he coached back in the 80s. Um, he coached from the 80s to the 90s. And he, back in the 80s, when he was a coach of the Canucks, um, he started the whole tradition in, in the NHL and hockey of waving your towel. Um, he did that in game. He, he got a, he lifted up a stick, put a towel on it and waved it um, in one of the games back in the 80s. And um, it kind of became a tradition. It was more of a we're giving up thing. So it's odd that that tradition of you know, waving the white towel becomes now a thing for playoff teams. Like back in 2011, when the Canucks were in the playoffs, every every person in the arena is waving a towel. So it's a bit odd. Um, yeah. But that's where it comes from. Yeah. That's 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 interesting. Goes from my surrender to oh. uh, to you know showing power in the playoffs. That's that's interesting. Yeah. I actually did not know that. I mean, he mentioned this earlier, but but it's something pretty interesting. I mean, for the most part, I, th- I thought it was just you know, like obviously ex Canucks coach, but someone who kind of revolutionized something is pretty cool. Um, okay, going on to the next segment. Uh, so I wanted to talk about the current team, uh, its roster, and any recent additions. So I've kind of made a list here of of who I consider the top players, who some solid players are, uh, current rookies who are notable, and recent additions made in free agency. Um. So who I consider top players on the Vancouver Canucks, I would say Elias Pettersson, uh, JT Miller uh, beyond, uh, and this is something I feel like we'll have to get into, but um, I, I'm not going to say he's uh, you know, a really good Patrick Maroon in, in my eyes, but uh, <laughs> in terms of someone I consider to be controversial, it's probably JT Miller, but I do consider him a top player on the Vancouver Canucks. And then Quinn Hughes, and there's also debate on Quinn Hughes, but he's gotten better in, in certain areas of his games or certain areas of his game as of recently. Uh, solid players, I'd, I really like Thatcher Demko. Uh, Brock Besser uh, had a really good start to his career, but um, maybe you could talk more about, uh, uh, I don't want to say his downfall, but uh, certain things about Brock Besser. The rookies, uh, Niels Hogland or Vasily Podkolzin, I don't know if you want to consider them rookies, um, but mind you, they, they haven't played as much as you would have hoped. Or as I would have hoped. And recent additions in free agency, uh, Ian Cole, Carson Soucy, um, who I'm a huge fan of. I've talked about uh, two podcast or two episodes ago, and Teddy Bluger. Um, do you have any insight on any of these players? Anyone I didn't mention, G-Man? Uh, there's a lot to cover there. So uh, yeah, let's. Um, I guess I'll just go through the people that you mentioned. So uh, the obvious being Eli- uh, Elias Pettersson. Um, mm. I think. Yeah. I think it's been it's been a couple of years since he's finally gained or gained notoriety, I guess, around the league that we've Canucks fans been wanting. Um, there were, you know, when we drafted him, there were issues of, you know, he's too skinny, he's he's just getting roughed up in the American or the North American style of hockey. Um, and I, I remember when we drafted him, he um, I, I ended up watching video clips of each guys that were kind of in a range for the Canucks, and I watched him, and I'm like, I was wowed, I'm like this guy is something. And then I'm like, well, we're not going to draft him. He's ranked like 13th. So mm-hmm. I kind of just blew aside, you know, whatever. And when we picked him, I'm like, obviously they got scouting right. They scouted the right guy. You know, you know, you know rankings is whatever. But um, he wowed me and it took a few years and uh, putting on weight and size and such. But he's finally done it. Um, and I'd say for the most part, he gets respect on the league. Um, he's put up over 100 points this season. He... You know, no matter who you put with him on the line, he can run the line like a like, like the Sedins did back a decade ago. Um, he doesn't rely on somebody to really do the offense. So I think he's really rounding out his game to be a good two-way center. Um, as much as people want to rub him, you know, rub on him that he's 
he's in a thinner size, so he can't play D. I've never understood that logic. Um, there's plenty of smaller players that are really good at playing D. So um, no yeah, doubt. Except, except Victor Mete, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, it's just going on your the the whole thing about him being skinny and underweight and all this stuff. Um, there was an incident that happened, I don't know, it was his first year of hockey or or his second year where he got slammed into the ice. Danny, do you know who slammed him into the ice? <laughs> Ooh, is it a player I like? Um, I don't know if you like him, but he's he's good. <laughs> uh, he's a he's a Montreal Canadian now. Oh now. Now he is, yeah. Oh, um, that's a good one. Um, no, I do not, but I'm going to say, well, let's just say Matheson. Yes, you're right. Oh, that was a good guess. Okay. Yeah, that's a really good guess. Yeah. So Matheson uh, had slammed him in, in pretty violently, too. I remember when I saw it, I was like, geez, nice. that guy's a, a crazy psycho. <laughs> but now I love him. But yeah, there was a concern. And obviously the whole, yes, very Kakanyemi, uh, you know, doing like a submission, MMA submission on him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was pretty and then you know the whole canucks uh, habs fan feud but um since then i mean i haven't really personally had a concern with that i've seen him play i the guys you know what was it 99 points this year uh 100 and something oh Jump oh okay well, oh it's, sorry it's mitch marner i think they got 99 yeah that's yeah yeah, yeah so yeah <laughs> uh um, but yeah i mean he's 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 pretty good um yeah only thing I want yeah. to mention about it, uh, about Pedersen, I'm I, I'm gonna be the Don Cherry forever on this show, on this show, I think. <laughs> but I'm not a huge fan, um, for the same reasons that were mentioned, like in the beginning of his career and whatnot. Um, but I would say I was like the turning point for me. I'm not there yet, start to call myself a, a fan of Pedersen, but I would say that um, I was extremely impressed by him winning the hardest shot in the last competition. So. Um, Pretty happy about that for him. Mm. And uh, I didn't know. Gonna, yeah, he won the the hardest shot. Like with uh, I think uh, not sure. I think who they put. Uh, I'll have to look it up maybe during the episode here. But um, yeah, he won the hardest shot in the last uh, scandal of, of All Star Weekend. <laughs> so all, so by that uh, definition, you're a huge fan of Shea Weber. Well, let's not go crazy here. I mean, uh, he was tr- he was we downgraded for him uh, with him a lot. So. <laughs> okay anyways (laughs) um jt miller cool that's a that's a name you don't want to talk about if you're a canucks fan on the streets of vancouver uh yeah he's um he's a guy you love hate if that's my relationship with this guy um i was a fan when we got him um i think it was a steal you know first round pick people complain about Yeah, first, I think it's like 24th overall, um, which I could care less about. You know, we got a really good player back. And I think JT, as much as it was um, bringing him in, was a a way to get closer to the playoffs and the Jim Benning mindset. Um, I think he was good. I think bringing him in was a good time in his life. He was on the younger side and I was a bit older. Um, but with him in the last couple of years, he's, um, you know, last year he blew up a lot of points. Uh, was just dominant power play and everything. Um, but the continuing issue with him has always been his, his defense and his, I guess, antics, you could say. Um, he's hot-headed. He gets penalties that are, you know, sometimes stupid. Um, but it's it's turned around, I'd say. Um, 
you know, if you ask March, uh, you could, you know, he'll tell you straight up. I hated JT at times last year. Um, his. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, it was brutal. Like he's been on the trading block for Canucks fans for the past two years, and violently. Um, so, you know, people always make up his his antics for as a bad thing, but I think under the right coach, it changes. So, you know, we've had Bruce Boudreau in for the last, you know, year and a half or whatever it was. And when you have someone like Bruce in there who's really here to spread positivity and let you do your own thing, you're not going to control a guy like JT. You know, I think he's really he's uh, he's a leader leader in the lo- um, the locker room, but the issue is yet to control him. So, you know, now they've got Rick Tockett in, and this, the day since Rick Tockett's come in, JT's you know he's really been good. Um, and the things with you know I, I keep hearing often, you know, if we want to listen to Steve Dangle. Um, is JT just is like a horrible forward. He just can't stop giving pucks away. He's not that bad if you look statistically um, on, on giveaways. He's this past season he had 46 giveaways, only 19 of them being in the D zone. Two names mm, of players with four giveaways: Austin Matthews and Nick Suzuki. More giveaways than JT Miller, but that never gets brought up. So not to say JT is a defensive god. He's a Bergeron, right? Um, just because he had 46 giveaways, but I think the I think people took too much of his antics into their mindset of JT. They see him, you know, slamming his stick and such, and they're like, "Oh, this guy just can't control himself." At the end of the day, he's a good player. I think um, his faceoffs are 55% for the past four years. He's 30th in the league for takeaways. Uh, he's dominant on the power play. He can play D now with talking in the system. So um, I'm happy. I, I think he'll do well going forward. Very quickly, the. Um... JT Miller acquisition. Uh, mm-hmm. What was the trade again? If I remember correctly, I have it, it was JT Miller for Shakir Mukamadouan. Is that correct? Actually, I don't have it here. Go ahead. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because Tampa yeah. flipped it or something like that, didn't they? They I have it the here. Jersey, if I remember. Just, 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 do you have it or not? I have it. <laughs> okay, have it you have it. Uh, my uh, my uh, my team of uh, statisticians uh, they found it. So. <laughs> um, but the problem is it's all players that I can't pronounce their last name. Okay, but uh, um, basically JT Miller was acquired by the Canucks from Tampa Bay for Marek Marazanic, right. whoever that is. Um, 2019 third round pick um, of Vancouver that turned out into being uh, Hugo Alafnet. Uh, Al- Alafnet. Ah, oh, this is good. Okay, I should have read this in before, but this is a goalie, I think, from from what Hugo I know. And yeah, Hugo, Hugo Alfman, yeah. 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 And then you have 2020 first round pick that turned into like a Shakir, the, the guy that you mentioned. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shakir Mukamadulan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, uh, obviously, to big time, and and I believe this is what went down, but to big time PK Subban fan. Uh, uh, Danny here. Um, mm. uh, JT Miller was traded the same day PK was to New Jersey, I think, wasn't he? Uh, I just remember. Seen? No, this was on the draft day. This was the second this, draft. Yeah, second draft. We were there, right? Yeah, we happened. Yeah, to we were. Draft. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure PK Subban got traded on that day too. Okay, well I'm, then I don't have to look up the date. It's June 26, 2019. Or 2017, 16, or something. Yeah, I know it's June 29. That's for sure. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, yeah, to the, yeah, yeah, here it is. A second round pick, two seconds, and um, Steven Santini to mm-hmm. New Jersey from Nashville. Um, which is interesting, and then the whole, and then the G, JT Miller trade. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. I've always considered like he. I will admit he has played better with Rick Tockett. I I don't mind Rick Tockett. Um, I do like him as a coach. I, I I consider him not to be a part of the old boys club, despite him being around the league for some time. I mean, he's not like someone like Ken Hitchcock or you know these guys that have been here since like the Stone Age. Um. But he seems like he seems like a more strict coach, but not in the sense of like doing these bag skates and like the way that uh, uh, what was the coach before? Who was the Travis, Travis Green? Travis Green. Travis Green. Yeah. So yeah, I, I my opinion on him is slowly changing in a sense. I'd like to see some more. I'd like to see some more consistency because I the only thing I consider JT Miller for that money is yes, he puts up points, but he doesn't put up points. It's very similar to Alex Dabrinka in a way that he doesn't put up points in like the well, and this matters. is obviously well, this is obviously coming from someone who doesn't watch and who's not a I mean I, I like the Canucks, but I'm not like like the Canucks, like I like Montreal. So obviously I know more about Montreal, but with Vancouver, I mean, maybe he has put up big time points, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of his points came in the second half of the season. Now, if next season he comes out and he's like, he's pretty good and we'll get to our predictions on the Canucks later, um, then I'd totally be like, yeah, I'm proven wrong. And this guy's pretty solid for the money he is. What's his contract right now? Eight it's million. Eight, for eight years? Eight? For eight? Eight, I believe so. Oh, okay. Eight million. So, so your options are Suzuki Caulfield or JT Miller. Uh, well, let's not let's not go crazy here. <laughs> um, I think those are two different. It's very interesting because JT Miller, I think, is uh, uh, I wouldn't say a mix of the both, but in the sense that like he can score goals. I mean, Suzuki could score goals, but Suzuki is a different player than JT Miller. JT uh, Suzuki's played center his whole career. JT's kind of been on and off. Yeah, he's he's transitioned into center now for the last uh, year. Oh, okay. Which is which I think he's done well at. It's just the takeaways or not the takeaways, the giveaways I think um, were the main concern with him. Okay. Uh, uh, Quinn Hughes. What are your thoughts on Quinn Hughes? Um. Yeah, he's a guy that you can get away with for saying his name of the streets of Vancouver. Uh, you don't get punched. Uh, <laughs> he's uh. The day we've drafted him has been just a slam dunk. Um, I remember talking with people around that day uh, or leading up to the draft, and it was just set in our mind, you know, Quinny's not going to drop to the Canucks, you know, he's going to go to Detroit. We're going to have to end up with, like, people like, you know, Evan Bouchard. And um, I wasn't a, a big fan of Evan Bouchard at the time, so I was like, okay, you know, whatever, we'll see. And then, you know, the whole thing happened with the draft, and we got him. And, um, yeah, I've never really had a concern with him. Um, we knew we were getting a, a, an offensive power play quarterback. Didn't expect, you know, Victor Hedman level defense here from a guy his size. Um, but he's he's been very open about his weaknesses um, with media. So, you know, last few years, he's, he's mentioned that, like, he knows his defensiveness isn't as good as he wants to be. Um, last year is the year prior to last year is quite average. And he's he's got into the category of good. If you look at his, his advanced stats for for defense. So. You know, I, I'm not expecting him to take down McDavid day in and day out, um, but he does the job quite well of um, 
that we expect of someone like him offensively. I would like for him to be um, better on the power play, I'd say. His slap shot is one of his weaknesses that he's um, he is working on. Um, he's got a good wrist shot, but his slap shot is something that kind of pushed the Canucks to get someone like Philip Hronick, who can really slap it from the, the point. So um, I'm happy with, with Hughes. His contract's a steal for 6.75, I think, for maybe three more years. Yeah, that's really good. Be happier with him. It's 7.8 right now. Now, there you go. 7.8 million, that's still worth it. Yeah. I was going to say, um, for Quinn Hughes, I mean, like, would you say that, and, and maybe Danny, you can touch in on this because uh, as a Calgary Flames fan, I mean, I don't know if you've been, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've been recently uh, kicked out of the fan base, but um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this is just, uh, basically, we're just talking about something, a conversation he had with Flames fans on Twitter. Um, Quinn Hughes, would you say that he works, I mean, obviously, I would say that he works well with, uh, yeah, I'm going to say this, would you say that objectively, his his best season, or maybe not his best season, but the best play or hockey he's had was with someone like Chris Tanev. Oh, is it from you, Danny? Oh, both of you. Yeah, I go mean, ahead, G-Man. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Just because you you're more passionate about a player like Tanev, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. Tanev. Um. He's been no doubt the best partner Quinn Hughes has had. Um, very happy with Tanov back in that 2019 uh, playoff run we had. Um, Tanov was great. Um, I liked him, and the problem has been is we've since losing Tanov have been looking for the next Chris Tanov um, yeah. continuously. You know, Luke Shen bridged the gap for a few years, and he's been great. But Luke Shen is not Chris Tanov, and I hope the Flames know how good of a defenseman Chris Tanov is because I don't know if they do. Um, but yeah, that's absolutely. Um, I think March is on the spot there. That Tanov's definitely been the best uh, partner he's had, and that's the thing I think I point to with looking at top defensemen. You know, McCarr's got Taves. Quinn Hughes has had Tanov for like a year, and then has had Luke Shen. Now Luke Shen's great, but he's like a third pairing defenseman on most good teams. So I'm really hoping for the future when someone like Tom Willander moves in and then really lets Quinn Hughes shine and play offensively because Quinn Hughes always has to worry about, you know, getting back and playing D. You know, when you have a you know, when you have a confident partner, you don't really have to do that as much. Yeah. Danny Well, I got Chris some good news for you. I mean Chris Tanev uh, his UFA at the end of the season uh, next year. So uh, he is. you're welcome to have him. Yeah, what are your we'll thoughts on Chris Tanev, uh Mr. Flames uh top uh, <laughs> fan? <laughs> and, and for people that are listening, like what they're referring to, I bit I just saw a tweet from I don't even know who, who it was, but like saying that uh um oh the flames they have uh, the the best uh, one of the top ten best uh, top four defensemen in, in the league and, and I don't know what and 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 honestly like it was coming from a flames fan so uh, they have a habit of of being in love with their players, and hopefully we can have some some Flames fan on on here to to defend my arguments here. But I I see mediocrity when I when I look at the, the Flames roster, and that that's can you know coming down from the from the ownership there. But um, so I made it known that you know I think Zadorov was a little bit underrated, uh, um, and I and I kind of phrased it in a way that just to tick them off a little bit as well. I mentioned that Zadorov is their <laughs> second best defenseman and, and that kind of drove them crazy. So I like it. <laughs> um, so, um, but no, yeah, I mean, Tanev, I mean, uh, again, you guys are uh, you're being hard with me here because 
I'm not really passionate about either Quinn Hughes or Chris Tanev. So um, I just, okay. the only thing I would say about Tanev, uh, about Quinn Hughes is I can't believe that at some point there was a debate between him and Makar. I, I can't believe that. I mean, um, but yeah, that's kind of the only thing. It's, it's yeah. kind of the same thing as PK and, and Eric Carlson, and that's coming from a PK fan. Yeah, the I think we actually discussed. I went into it a little bit uh, the other day um, between Makar and I mean, obviously you you have to give a lot of props to Devin Taves, and it's a good team comparative to Vancouver. But at the same time, um, he's like the what 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 Quinn Hughes doesn't have is that shot. I mean, Makar is unbelievable when it comes to his his slap shot, his wrist shot, the how he finds the gap when he's straddling the blue line, like Hughes is a lot more of a playmaker and Makar is like, okay, I'll pass it, but I'm definitely going to shoot it. (laughs) And I think that's a, and that's a massive difference. Obviously, I mean, the guy had an off year last year, uh, Makar, and he still scored like 20 goals and was just point per game or something like that. So, um, but I just don't like his personality. Makar? No, sorry, not Makar, but uh, Hughes. You guys think like he has the, No, you guys think he's a, he has the personality. I'm not saying he's a bad person. I'm just saying that he I don't like his personality. Like he's not a, you know, he doesn't really say much. He's he's not out there. I mean, he's a he's like I know he's 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 from, he's from Florida, but I don't know. Like uh, you being close to the action G man, like have you ever seen him do anything charismatic or you know act in a way or be angry on the ice or anything like that? All I see from him is pretty vanilla. So, what do you? Uh, yeah. Am, am I wrong here or what? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Um, and I, I don't blame you. You know, Quinn Hughes is not on the uh, NHL front page of interviews by any means. Um, yeah, that's kind of uh, what what kind of ruins it for uh, me. So I don't know. The spoiler is, I think he's the lead runner for the captaincy, and mm. that comes yeah. odd to people that don't know the team and Quinn Hughes. Um, but. Rick Tocchet was on radio a month ago and immediately when I was asked about, you know, captaincy, he talked about Quinn Hughes for like a good minute and then mentioned Pedersen and JT for maybe five seconds. So, okay, um, well, there you go then. Yeah. Like when it, like he's had interviews here and there and I don't think he's vanilla. He's growing up in a hockey family with his brothers and the Kachucks and such. I'd imagine he'd be very generic of like, you know, the, the answers he'd give, but no, he's been pretty honest. Uh, when the team is stunk, he's mentioned it pretty outright, and that's something JT also does as well. So both of them have come out, you know, um, when things have been rough. And the key thing I point to Hughes is uh, he was the guy that mentioned the, the Tanner Pearson hand injury. I was going to talk. I was going to mention that, yeah. yeah. So when you know nobody knew about Tanner Pearson hand injury, um, you know, it's been a while. Is he coming back? Is he not? Quinn Hughes just nonchalantly was just like, you know, pointed towards. Uh, Tanner Pearson's hand injury being not being taken care of the right way, oh, and that started yeah. massive. Yeah, he literally said he was literally said like two things. He was like, he was like, yeah, you know, I don't think it's really being dealt with that greatly, and like, buddy, <laughs> the entire like media, like, everything blew up. They had to wake up the the Buffalo PR department. <laughs> Everyone okay. was like going going crazy over this. So. Um, yeah, can I, I mean, ask March a question? Uh, can I ask a question for G-Man that I just thought about for the fan experience? So oh, when you ahead. talk about when you talk about like Quinn Hughes and interviews and stuff, can you talk to us a little bit more about the Vancouver? What's in there? What's out there for for fans in terms of content? 
like you know in montreal i'm not sure obviously you don't because it's a french show but like there's something called the anti-sham it's it's a very wildly watched show um rds is pretty good tva sports is pretty good they got well tva sport is not good but it's just there to make competition but um and then you have like you know very famous podcasts and you got haps tv from last episode and like it, there's a lot of content to be consumed in Montreal. Could could we say the same thing, or it's the generic sports net crap in Vancouver? Yeah, media has been dying out in Canada with uh with Bell taking down any radio stations they can think of in in Canada. So it's been tough mm-hmm. for places like Edmonton, I'd say, that just okay. lost their radio station. But Vancouver's been lucky. We've um, we've unfortunately lost TSN 1040 a few years back, which left a lot of the best uh, media members without a job, and they've all rebounded luckily. Um, okay. And, you know, during the season, I listened to like six hours worth of podcast today. Um, and it's not just I want to consume media. I want to assume I want to assume good media. So yeah. like throughout the day, you know, sports, sports and 650 by themselves can just run the entire clock of great content. And it's not generic. It's very like it's like you're talking to or hearing fans, really. So I enjoy it. Okay. Um, there's people like Jeff Patterson that's been in the market for 20 years. There's Harmon Dial, who was who started at 18 years old, and now he's one of the athletic top contributors in the, in the NHL. Um, Thomas Drance, there's, there's so many names I can list um, that okay. have all just fallen. And so this is not, it's 24-7 here with media and, and attention. March, one last question, and I promise I'm done. Um, <laughs> just because I, it's all coming to me now. So the whole Punjabi thing, is that like a Vancouver thing? Or is it uh, is it is it for like the Oilers and 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 the Canucks and then the Flames as well? Are you referring to Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I actually watched that. I can't remember when it came out, like years ago, 2016. I'm gonna guess 2017 maybe. Um, that came out as a not a Vancouver thing, but more so Canadian market thing. Okay. So they would come on on Saturday nights, and you would see like the Canucks and Leafs, and have Punjabi commentators. They did the the same thing, I believe, in Filipino and one of the Chinese languages, I can't recall. Um, I'm okay. not sure if they still do that. Punjabi is the one that's lived the longest, just looking at the South Asian population in Canada. Um, For some reason, not, I thought it was a Vancouver thing. I don't know why. I think it's because it's based in Vancouver, the sports uh, studios here. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they do Canucks, they do... Uh, I feel like it's more heavy on the Oilers and the Flames. Um, but, yeah, mainly the Western markets is, is what okay. I see from them. Sounds good. Thank you. I will say um, in terms of fan experience, quote unquote, um, do you want to talk about uh, planes? Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, like this is I really don't know how to like see the perspective of fans outside of Vancouver because I'm here all the time. It's it's just what I see is too much of. Um, So with how bad it's been over the past decade with comes, you know, the horrible ownership management to the trades to like you know everything has been just disastrous fans here are not like arizona fans that just oh whatever you know it's it's just one less thing to go out to um fans are very vocal and you know i wish i could quote elliot friedman exactly but he said it's one of the toughest markets to play with the fans um as, as much as montreal as much as toronto it's horrible um horrible and great in both ways um, so, like, when you look at, like, when Jim Benning, when people were demanding Jim Benning to be fired, it was horrible. There were planes flown in the city with signs saying fire Benning. Uh, Jim Benning was getting stocked at Superstore. 
just getting stalked and followed. People were sending threats to him. And this is like the top guy in the organization getting this. Um, the last, just this past season, when everyone, when everyone was mad about uh, the Bruce Boudreau and the situation with ownership and them not letting him go, uh, there were balloons smuggled into the arena asking to fire Aquilini. Uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy how fan these how crazy these fans get. And you know, uh, I'm not a big fan of stalking GMs, but <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I'm not condoning it. But we deserve better as fans. It's been a decade. You know, I'm not going to say we're Buffalo, but this is a hot Canadian market. And, you know, when Alvin and new management came here, they should have expected. So, yeah, it's planes, balloons, everything. You get everything here. It doesn't end. I will say that uh, Vancouver Canucks fans do put a lot of, I wouldn't say all the Canadian markets. I think Canadian fans in general are a lot of really uh, devoted to the game. But. I, I will say Vancouver Canucks fans are one of the most, especially comparative to uh, American markets. And I think a lot of that has to do here in Vancouver with the fact that there's no other pro sports. I mean, uh, sure, there's a CFL and MLS, but, you know, 10 people go to those games. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks are the most popular. If we had an NBA <laughs> team, and, and it's true. If we had an NBA team and an MLB team, sure, there might be something to put. Like, I wouldn't say that people would stop caring, but the the the... Um, the pressure would be a little bit diluted. Uh, yeah. Same with Montreal. It's the same thing. I mean, in, in the sense, because, you know, the Expos aren't there. Um, they have the Alouettes and stuff like that, but to, to the same time, the Expos, but or sorry, the um, Montreal Impact. But aside from that, it's like, you know, sure, people care about it in a sense, but people don't really care. The 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 city of Vancouver, same with Montreal, is, is really devoted to the hockey team. So that's where you get all this devotion. It's not like New York or Seattle or, you know, Seattle has like 20 different sports teams. And everyone goes to all of them. So, well, you know, if the Kraken sucked for a year, <laughs> if the Kraken sucked for a year, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't care. I was actually talking to someone from Seattle the other day, and I said to them, I was like, you know, is there a buzz around the city? Because he was talking about how cheap baseball teams were. He's like, no. He's like, no, not really, because like we already have, we have the the Seahawks and we have um, the baseball team. I don't know who it is because I don't watch baseball, but uh, we have these, we have the soccer, like we have these teams, like. It's mm-hmm. this is just another team, and obviously it's it's it goes to a different type of people, or not different type of people. It goes to the city, but obviously people have been dying for hockey. But at the same time, it's not like they're 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 without sports if there is no team, yeah. if their team sucked. You know what I mean? So I think that's the I wouldn't say I will say a positive or the pro to having no sports teams other than a, a, a hockey team in your or or big uh, markets is to have only that market because then everyone's going to be devoted to that market. And it might bring change. Like Montreal fans, they, they went ballistic. Uh, they go ballistic over everything, but same with Canucks fans. And that's because uh, without the Canucks, there's probably, I wouldn't say there's nothing, but there's, there's, it's a big part of the city for sure. So you're telling me if there was no Blue Jays and, and Raptors in Toronto, they would go crazy after every single playoffs exit. <laughs> well, I I will say that uh, yeah, I will say that uh, Vancouver is desperate for 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 something um, other than hockey. I mean, I will say that, and and a lot of people say yeah, basketball bring back the Grizzlies and all this stuff. For I actually disagree. I think or Vancouver would really be good with uh, with a baseball team as well. The problem is there's no room in this bloody place. Um, <laughs> there's no room anywhere in the city, despite. Uh, I mean, half of it's all um, 
Owned but don't they play like in baseball? Like uh, this is I'm showing off my knowledge here. Don't they play like 200 games in a season in baseball? <laughs> yeah, know, they play a be lot. good. Yeah, they play a lot of games. They play yeah. a lot of games. Yeah, and basketball would definitely would thrive because like no one cares about hockey when you're in high school. <laughs> Everyone cares about it's basketball. Cool. Like you see basketball people playing basketball everywhere because everyone here cheers for the Raptors. Everyone here cheers for um, the Blue, the Blue Jays. Jays. Yeah. So and and I just feel like there should be a little bit of an expansion, you know what I mean? But anyways, um I yeah, want to move Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Is um yeah, like if you're uh, just a regular fan in the in the city, it's like the White Caps are dead, the Lions are dead. Uh credit to the Lions. Uh because I listen to as much radio here, the Lions are picking it up. Um they've got new ownership, like they've they're on like a crazy streak of wins right now, so they're they're living uh, but touching your point of baseball and, and, and NBA is uh, absolutely, I think both would thrive in the city. Um, but the problem is you have a monopoly of the Aquilinis running the show. Um, there's actually a uh, a campaign going on currently in the city, um, I think by five millionaires that are trying to bring NBA back. And they're actually mm-hmm. looking for other billionaires that can, you know, throw in 25 billion here and there. So there is a, an active campaign to do that. But you know, with Aquilini only owning Rogers Arena and like just a crap ton of land downtown, it's just not going to happen. Mm. I will say okay. that the BC Lions are six and one and zero. Oh, so there we um, go. <laughs> they, they they got a total of ten more fans. Anyways, um, okay, uh, I'd like to kind of move on. Um, do you want to talk about the recent additions on the Canucks through free agency? Yeah, totally. Um, so. Let's talk about real quickly Ian Cole. So Ian Cole, um, we brought in. Um, he was a guy that was rumored for about a week before he ended up getting signed. Uh, the news travels fast in the city thanks to Rick Dollywall. So that was uh, obvious. And I think for people outside of Vancouver, they weren't a big fan of Ian Cole coming in. But um, I'm a big fan of him just for the little time. We, you know, He's only been here a month, so I can't say I've watched the guy for years. But um, he's been here for like a little bit, and he has he's had an interview like most people did. And. His interview was really nice. It was it stood out to me from a traditional hockey guy interview. Um, if you close your eyes, you think you'd be you're hearing a coach talk, just the way his leadership, I guess, is. Um, so I'm a big fan of having him in the locker room. He's won a cup before in Tampa, um, and he's he's going to play in the top four. Um, he can play left and right, which is great for him. He's versatile, and what I push onto people more is he's not just like. A guy at the end of his career who's like shutting down, like, you know, Tyler Myers, you could say. Uh, he was the Tampa Bay Lightning's top penalty killer uh, by far. Well, like let's 20- not go crazy here. <laughs> well, okay, let's not forget let, let, okay, let, number 98. Okay, enough of this crap. Hey. <laughs> enough of this crap. I'm taking Ian Cole over that guy any day. Anyways, uh, so Ian Cole was. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Sergeyev. I know. Right. Yeah. I know enough of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, like Ian Cole played the most PK minutes. He allowed the least amount of goals of all defensemen on Tampa. Um, Twenty minutes a night, no problem. He could do it. So I'm not really worried about his time. He's only here for one year on a one-year contract. Um, if he signs, great for a bit more. But if not, I, it's really not a big problem. Um, I'm happy to have him. So that's one guy there. Anything to add on Ian Cole, you guys? Um. Aside from the fact the guy almost went to prison for life, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. That was very funny because at the time, well, it wasn't funny, but at the same time, it was because 
at the time. I think we had them all for the Marc Messier Leadership Award. Um, and because <laughs> he's taken anyways i'm not gonna get into that uh yeah he's solid uh, was he actually the top uh, i don't know if danny you wanted to talk about sergachev or you're just pushing my my buttons here just but, pushing um, your buttons okay just stop pushing it um <laughs> okay so yeah ian cole like i would have actually thought you were gonna say headman but i suppose i guess ian cole would probably be um yeah more penalty. versatile yeah yeah like he's the penalty killer and headman's kind of like a mix but more definitely more towards the power play um yeah i i like ian cole he's a solid solid player um we'll see how he does you just what did you say that you predict him to be on the team in terms of the lineup top four okay top four uh carson susie and teddy bluger anything to say about those two uh susie um as much as you're a fan of susie i'm i'm a two um he's he's a, now real quickly ian cole big physical guy you can pk same same sort of story with susie big you know penalty killer they can um get physical this team has been dying for physical defensemen uh if they thought tyler myers was that when they signed him back in god knows what time um they're wrong tyler myers is far from that except like the two seconds he just gets rage and tries to take someone's head off (laughs) um but yeah colton susie's great uh the team from the ownership perspective they see him as a top four i you know, he's he played very good on, on Seattle, um, Seattle's third pair. I'm, I'm not really not convinced if he's going to be a top four, but they're trying, they're high on him, so you have to, you know, give him a chance. Um, from what I've seen from, like, his tapes is that he's very good at defending the rush, one of the top guys in the league for that. Um, and that's something that, something for the Canucks has been a big weakness when people, you know, McDavid's flying down the wing. We, for the life of us, just can't stop him. So he's a great addition there. He makes smart plays, uh, PK guy. Um, and the thing that limits him, I'd say, is just he's not a dynamic defenseman. Makes smart plays. He gets the job done, but don't expect him to make Quinn Hughes types of pass it up the ice. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I like Susie a lot. I think I would prefer him on the top four. I still consider this Vancouver Canucks defense to be... It's it's definitely a bit better, but to, it's not like, you know, you got like this game changer. Um you got solid defensemen just because I've been a, like, you take it from a Montreal Canadiens fan. Okay. I've seen uh defenseman UFAs in my time uh, and, and what they do and how fast they're here. Like Brett Kulak was definitely someone that was around the team and, 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 and Daniel liked this, but made an impact. Um, but, <laughs> but it's like, then you see other guys will come in and then they'll be gone. And there was all this hype around them. them obviously there's, uh, Montreal is pretty known for hyping up guys because um, we love change, uh, but at the same time, like there's there's definitely uh, if if one of the the way I see this is if one of those guys doesn't work, then you're still I think where you left off, where in terms of where you're you have a uh, a weak defense. Like if both of them click, then you've got a, some sort of foundation. But what I'm saying is if say all of a sudden Carson Susi just is like, hey, let's run him out of town. And Ian Cole is solid, but at the same time, it's kind of like, and maybe Hronik is doing okay. It's like you're still thriving for for additions. So, but there wasn't a whole lot in the in this free agency um, actually. So, I think the Canucks did pretty well in terms of 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 where they. I mean, we'll get into it in a in a bit as to where we think the Canucks and where they they are in terms of their 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 plan for the future, but. Just like Montreal not really getting anybody in free agency, I think this was solid. Um, 
Okay, moving on. I wanted to talk about the prospect pool. We're going to talk about management and ownership, but you actually just, just uh, talked about Aquilini a bit. So we'll talk about management in a second. But prospect pool, it's ranked 28th by the Athletic on the most recent list I've seen. Uh, 20th, 28 out of 32. Uh, my most notable uh, players that I see are uh, Lekromacki, uh, Elias Pedersen, the defenseman, and Klimovich. Um, do you anything on the prospect pool that you... See, obviously, sorry, there's, um, I don't even know what I'm talking about. There's also the guy they just drafted, Tom Villander. Um, any, anything you'd say about them being 28th in the league um, in terms of the direction they're going? Uh, is there, is this appropriate for where the Canucks are in their direction? Um, having a prospect pool this low? And are these, are these, do you see these notable prospects making the team soon? Yeah, so... 28 is pretty good. We've been 31st or whatever, like last for too many years. Um, okay. I think the new management's done a really good job of bringing in like people like Atu Ratu in the Horvat trade. Oh yeah. Um, he's he's only 20, which is it, it's hard to believe because you, you imagine he'd be like 24 by now. But now he's he's cool. quite young. He's developing well. NHL franchise mode, uh, first overall pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, we we were out at development camp. Uh, was it last month? No, two months ago. And we ended up seeing like everybody, you know, all the prospects the Canucks have had pretty much and a bunch of uh, tryouts. Um, yeah, the guys I'm really high on are, you know, obviously being Tom Willander. Uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of a lot of kickback for the Canucks of drafting defensemen uh, versus someone like Zach Benson, the uh, hometown guy, even though he's, a, he's an Oilers fan. Um, you know, it, I wouldn't say he got as much attention as Ryan Bacher did, but uh people are not happy here for that one but I, i'm glad we got him um he was i think you know highest potential perhaps not but we're not looking for shooting for the moon we want someone that can play d and play it solid so um, i'm happy with him he's going to be in boston call uh, boston university i mean uh next year with uh one of your prospects uh on the top line Do you know mm, who that is lane hudson yeah so he'll be playing with him which will uh, give him a chance to play with an offensive uh, defenseman like Quinn Hughes, who would be likely playing with down the, uh, the road. Um, fun fact about Volander is he's only played D for like a year or two. He was uh, forward going up, played forward the entire way through. And uh, oh, wow. Years ago to change to D. I didn't know that. Jeez. Yeah, that's why his skating is, you know, his offense is quite good. Oh, so, wow. That's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Boston. If you're mentioning Boston College, Danny, dude. So this Boston College team is actually um, pretty stacked. Um, I couldn't name you. Uh, maybe G-Man can name very notable uh, players. Obviously, Lynn Hudson is on that team. But do you know who the one of the goalies is for that team? Uh, Howler? Can you take it just to, huh? Howler. Yes. Yeah. So he's going to be on the team as well. I just hope that he's starting because he's. A, like that, I'm very high on him, Jacob Fowler. But um, yeah, that team's looking pretty solid. And it, it, it's interesting that this guy was basically grew up as a forward. Because I, I mean, all I've heard about is defense. So um, I got a that's interesting. Questions. Go ahead, G man. Uh, what are your thoughts on Lekomaki? I mean, he was pretty hyped up. He was a noticeable name, went 15 overall last year. Um, any, you know, what what have you learned about him since he was drafted? Yeah, I've I've followed him closely, considering we don't have many draft picks to follow. So, um, I've been a fan of him since we got him. I think we got him at a good spot. Um, 
and the reason he dropped was just because he was a winger and not a big guy either. Um, last year really played him. He was uh, sick for way too long last year. Um, he, he had polio. He's dealing with that, which really took him out for a, a majority of the season. So that's really hurt him. But luckily, you know, for himself and Canucks fans, he's really turned it on uh, last year in the playoffs. Um, I, I can't recall any points he had, but he was almost 15 playing and game. 15. Yeah. So playing per game. So the way I see it is, you know, people are not as high on him anymore because of that crappy season with the injuries. But the way I see it is he was injured. That's not him. He was himself in the playoffs when he's healthy. So I expect that out of him next year. He'll be back in Sweden, if, if I recall correctly, in the SHL next year. Um, and probably see him, you know, on the main team the next two years. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite happy with with his development. Do you, um, yeah, the, do you sometimes go to the AHL games? Or where are they, the AHL? Is it the, in the U.S.? Or yeah, where's so the AHL team of this, uh, of the this AHL franchise? The AHL team used to be in Utica, New York, for yeah. the longest time, which was just a pain for anyone to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the community there was great for the fans. They were taking the community. But uh, due to just how crappy it was to, you know, when you tr- bring someone up to have them fly across the continent – uh, I think it was two or three years ago they've uh, moved it to Abbotsford, which is like a 30-minute drive from the main city of Vancouver. Yeah. Um, yeah. Used to be the home of the Calgary Flames AHL team, the Calgary or the Abbotsford Heat years ago. Um, they probably made a bad bet putting a uh, their affiliate in Canucks territory. <laughs> from what I heard, no one went to the games and it was a disaster. <laughs> so. But I mean, yeah. the Canucks they later on moved on, moved their team to Los Angeles, I believe. I think it was the uh, the Stockton Heat or whatever that is. Anyways, who cares? But um, okay, good to know. Um, I have a fun fact for both of you, and I had to look it up just to make sure that I'm not saying anything crazy here. Um, <laughs> one of the top three projected players for next year's draft, um, his name is Macklin Celebrini. Yep. And you guys drafted this year his brother in the sixth round. So maybe there's a little bit of reunion if you guys uh, mm. end up tanking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. North Shore Winter Club. I represent yeah. that. T- that uh, place um, only produces elite talent. I mean, just for anyone um, listening, North Shore Winter Clubs um, in West Vancouver. Um, it's 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 developed recently. Uh, some some nobody called uh, Connor Bedard, and um, also next year. Uh, potential first overall pick uh, Macklin Celebrini so um I think Aiden also came from the one that they just drafted came from there as well obviously uh probably didn't attend all the practices considering he was what a sixth round pick <laughs> he's a defenseman uh yeah okay. I mean yeah I saw him at uh G-Man and I saw him at the recent um thing oh, really yeah the development camp yeah it was interesting to see some of these guys uh skate around um He's got a good shot. I will say that. Like it was actually um, pretty quick, pretty fast. I was kind of watching him. We were with a buddy of mine, Josh, a buddy of ours, Josh. Um, he's kind of high on him, I guess, because he probably knows his mom or something. <laughs> I don't know. He knows everybody at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So yeah, he's, yeah, it's, uh, it's just... yeah. With with him being a sixth round pick, I don't. I'm not gonna put all my chips into the bag of him making it to the big leagues anytime soon. We should take a bet. Who's going to, who's going to be more successful, Florian Jackai or Ada Celebrini. So, (laughs) um, another prospect that you mentioned, March, uh, Elias Pedersen, is he our prospect or is he already with the lineup? Uh, he's a prospect. He was at the development camp. Um, 
Jimin, do you have any thoughts on Elias Pettersson 2.0? Uh, yeah, DPD is uh, what he's called in the, the city here because they've asked him a million times what's your nickname. He just went with DPD because he's on D, so we'll stick with that. <laughs> um, I like yeah. DPD. Yeah, DPD. There we go. So, yeah, yeah he's, he's great. Um, third round pick from Oribro from the SHL. Um, when I saw him at development camp, the first thing I and many others were that really you know stuck out to us were his size. He is not the uh, the other Pedersen, the one in the league. He's he's big. Um, I believe he's like six three or something. Six two one eighty seven. Yeah, so he's he's six three one ninety six. Yeah, six three one ninety six. We'll 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 Danny and I will uh, talk about our uh, who who our scouts are here. <laughs> and who's got the right information? And we talked about them last time, right? Hockey DB. I think these two guys they need to wake up uh, and update the stats. I think <laughs> so. I think Elite Prospects is the one that. But the Hockey DB isn't it like some some guy out of his basement or something? It's two people, yeah. Yeah. That's so we learned. So. so there you go. So maybe they they don't have the recent information. But from what uh, is on Elite Prospects six three one ninety or sorry, yeah one eighty six. So he's, he's big. He's he's only 19 too. So he's grown faster than most people will kind of do. Um, and when he drafted him, it was almost like a joke. It's like, oh, you know, let's get this guy. But there's serious belief in the market that he's gonna be a top six defenseman. Um, and don't expect this guy to be top two or anything, uh, top four, but at least top six. I think he's got the right tools uh, to make it there. I don't know, March. I got PTSD from defenseman being drafted on the, in the third round with Norlinder. So. Uh, <laughs> oh, we'll see. Let, let's the, hope uh, you guys have a success with this uh, P Diddy. P Diddy, isn't that isn't that the rapper? Sorry, was it what was it? D P D. No, but P Diddy is is a, is, a, is, a, is a, yeah. P P Diddy is actually a rapper, I think. Yeah, the rapper. Yeah, P Diddy. Yeah, P Diddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you. That should be his nickname. That's exactly. Sean Combs. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay, I'm gonna go. Let's let's talk about um, recent Canucks history here. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, well, obviously, <laughs> uh, how many Stanley Cups do the Canucks have? Um, one for Vancouver. Okay, there we go. Yeah, so they have one for the Vancouver Millionaires. OG. Okay, there we go. So okay. the Vancouver Canucks have uh, yet. Um. So since 2011, their record has been 479. So 479 wins, 400 losses, and 114 overtime losses. Um, between 1999 and 2010-11, so, so the, the 10 years prior, uh, they were 474, 299 um, losses, 56 ties, and 73 overtime losses. And ties always really mix me up. I'm like, I can't believe there are ties in the NHL. Um, so in, in terms of recent history, I mean, the Canucks, you, I mean, you said you you became a fan in 2011. So do you have any insight on, uh, obviously the, the Canucks, that, that team then, and, and maybe how good you think they were comparative to, to teams around that era, as well as the, uh, the infamous 2011 Stanley Cup finals? Yeah. Like when I got into the, you know, into hockey, it, it was the complete opposite of what what what, what right now. Um, you know, the, the 2011 final against Boston is being you know called as one of the closest finals because we don't we don't really see often uh, a game seven in the final. Um, it was a rough series. 
Um, I still think it's the best, and I'm sure it's biased on this for sure. Uh, I think it was the best final we've seen in a, in a while. I haven't seen a best better final that since then. And as much as I think it's biased on that, I think it's because just the the pure hate both teams have for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Seven. Uh, the Aaron Rome hit to the head was quite controversial. Um, there's so much built around that final um, that really, you know, as as tough the result was, I think if they hadn't lost, I wouldn't be a Canucks fan right now. Because if they had won, most people would have said, okay, they won. Let's just, you know, go back to what we do. But the fact that they didn't win and, you know, there's unfinished business, uh, the official Canucks slogan for uh, last year, um, it's, you know, it, it stuck with me. It, it got me invested in it and I'm still here. So um, it's been rough since then, if you look at the records. Um, yeah. uh, they were the top team, to, uh, top two team easily around that time. They won back-to-back uh, President's Trophies. Uh, although in the second year when they won that President's Trophy, they lost, I think, the series 4-1 against the Kings, who eventually went on to win a cup and begin their dynasty run. Um, and it's been tough. Like, since then, they've had countless coaches They've had two two management teams that have changed. Unfortunately, ownership hasn't changed since then. Um, and it's it's been just a try of a rebuild, um, which never has been a rebuild. Um, if you look at Canucks fans these days, they'll still get mad when people, you know, when the Canucks sign feels someone like Philip Ronick. And I don't really see that as bad because the guy's 25. Um, I think there's a lot of fans that still want this team to start rebuilding, but they also want to see Pedersen succeed. I'm like, you can't have both. You have to live in the real and the real this team is not going to rebuild um, until Ederson retires or he's uh, gone from his team. So it's been rough. It's been rough mm. to see. Yeah. Uh, question for Danny here. Um, I don't want to ask this as if I'm going to like a, some old high elder in the mountains here mm. uh, looking for wisdom. But um, cons- <laughs> cons- <laughs> considering that... <laughs> You've been a fan of the game longer than both of us probably combined. Um, you know, what were your thoughts on the Canucks uh, when you started watching hockey, maybe in the in the 90s, early 2000s? Um, you yeah, know, up end until... of 90s. Yeah, end of 90s. I would say that I was, you know, obviously they had Todd Bertuzzi. Todd Bertuzzi was there um, in the end of his, well, I guess, you know, he ended his own career, I guess, but he was pretty old still. Uh, but back then, older players, they stuck around for longer. So now... You know, you see 33-year-olds retiring now, where in the back in the day where 30 years was like the prime, uh, was considered the prime. So I don't know. Like it's uh, for Boston, for Vancouver, it's it's a team that you know they had some success with uh, with, with the Sedins, um, I guess a little bit with Burroughs and and Bieksa and these guys. But um, and obviously Luongo was a big. I mean, I'm I'm gonna say it. I mean, probably people are not gonna agree with me, but he was a kind of a drama queen. As well, like there was always something going on with Luongo. Um, I don't know why, but like it's it's maybe it was like a there was nothing else going on that they needed to put a C on him and then remove the C and he gave him hack and bring in Corey Schneider and, and I don't know what. Like it's 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 never been that team. I think their their peak was exactly like when G Man mentioned when they went to the finals. I think that that was their peak. Um, it's just it's too bad that they that core only reached the finals once. And I guess we can say the same thing about the Habs with the price and stuff. But again, um, it's a team that is always in an era where it was all about toughness and big guys and slowness and, and hooking and checking and all of these things. It was a time where uh, I think they played in the wrong era. 
they had a lot of soft players, a lot of smaller players. Um, so I think that's kind of why the Vancouver Canucks was not, never really was really not really into them. Um, but I I am a fan of Todd Bertuzzi, even though you know we we know what happened with him and Trevor Moore. So do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 So that's that's what it is. But like. To be honest with you, I, I'm trying to remember, and I, and I maybe I'll, I'll remember by the next episode here. But um, I was watching very, I was very interested in watching the, uh, the the press conference of the new G of the new of the owner when they were looking for a new GM, uh, and I think that was as of late. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but he was a he was a different owner. Um, yes. In the way, yeah. You want to talk about that? I, I'm trying to remember what was so noteworthy about that. Uh, did he get like into a fight with a journalist, or uh, I don't remember what what happened there. Are, are you talking about the previous owner, like back in the 2000s, I guess? No, not even like uh, recently. Oh. A different owner. I think when the GM left. Yes. Uh, I think he was either was he fired, Rutherford, or was he? I, I think you're referring to when Jim Benning uh, was like Jim go. Benning. Yeah, he was like okay. Like yeah. So the, yeah, yeah. the the owner came on. He he talked a little bit. I kept thinking to myself, well, this guy is not Jeff Wilson, but whatever, you know, at least it's an owner. But he seems like he's very genuine, like he's an Italian dude. I think he wants him to have success. I don't know. Yeah, he's um, <laughs> it's funny because yeah. I say that and I I think he is generally a nice dude, but um, I think he's one of the most hated owners in the league, no doubt. Really? Um, really? If you look, well, I think you just looking at the the performance of this team, it's been over 50 years and we've done nothing, right? Yep. When it comes to cops, um, yep. he's not been here for 50 years. He's been here since 2008. Um, but his consistent lack of not wanting to rebuild, um, when we, you know, when the entire 2011 roster was kind of dwindling away, uh, they brought in Trevor Linden as the president, and he was batting heads with with ownership because Trevor Linden, you know, as being a former Canuck legend. He wanted the team to rebuild properly, have a rebuild, and build a, a yeah. good culture here. Uh, where Aquilini and Jim Benning were on the other side, uh, you know, trying to pinch their pennies and get back in the playoffs no matter what. So, and when you say he's a nice, genuine guy, there's been just really awful reports of what Aquilini's done. He's uh, assaulted his kids. That came out a couple of years ago. Um, oh, really? He's separated from his wife because of that. He's actually paying their, their college money. He had deprived workers on his blueberry farms water and was sued for that. Um, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, so in, in terms of, well, I mean, look, the guy was nice. Obviously, he's not going to be, he's not going to be like that, that Chicago owner that died. Like he was, uh, he was yeah. got into a fight with the press conference. So for me, he seems like a nice guy, but I don't know. I have no idea, yeah, but. I think he, I think he truly wants to do the right thing. Um, you know, when he brought in Jim Banning and this whole team, I think he honestly wanted the team to be good, but at the same time, worry about the business side. The problem with him by far, and he actually admitted this in that press conference, is he left Jim Banning in power too long. And mm-hmm. that was nice to see him be upfront about it. Um, you know, every every year when the Canucks were failing, Jim Banning would go back to Aquilini and tell him, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to bring in OEL. And that was the last-ditch effort by <laughs> Jim Banning to, you know, police ownership. Like, this guy's going to take us to the next you know, the next level. And, you know, it didn't take him long, Aquilini, to, to realize that was just, you know, a pile I of think bullshit. I think the downfall of Jim Benning was letting go of Markstrom and Tanev. Let them walk. I think that was yeah. a huge mistake. 
there's a lot of downfalls you could say about Jim Benning uh, when it comes to drafting. You know, you levy and Vertanen. So yeah, exactly what you said there. Um, the famous quote that summer was, "We ran out of time," when referring to not <laughs> signing Markstrom or Tanev for trading <laughs> yeah. them. You know, like you could have traded them, dude, but no, we ran out of time because all his fucking time for some reason was on the phone calling Arizona to get OEL. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> not an assistant? Is there nobody else in this organization? It's just like, yeah, it, he, it's yeah. mind-boggling. Yeah. He should call uh, Toronto. Toronto, they have five general manager assistants. So. Yeah, he, he didn't like that. He, he ended up just firing everybody else and just wanted him. To living as a call center there. Uh, <laughs> okay. Call center. All right, though, well, thanks for the thanks for that. I just, I don't know. I, you know what? Like for me, I'll say this uh, until the end of time. I'll say I'd rather an owner, whether he's good or not. I mean, there was also some bad reports as well of the owner of the Oilers. I, again, I don't remember. I have a selective memory. Like I, re- I remember really good things for a long time. Bad things, I, I kind of can't tend to remember. I forget them. I don't know what happened with the Oilers. I think he had like was a scandal as well. I don't know if the guy was in, in you know, in, in, I don't want to uh, make accusations here, so I'm not going to speculate. But I think he was doing something wrong as well. He got mm. into a, a, a trouble. But I will always take a bad owner or over a uh, um, a lifeless company like a like a, a bunch of suits and lawyers and stuff. So, quick fact actually um, about ownership is. Um, when the Canucks were selling, I think it was like a, a um, Aquilini was a 50% owner back in 2008 with somebody else. And when the team was up for sale for the majority of it, um, Aquilini and Tom Gaglardi of the Dallas Stars were going, were butting heads. Um, at the time, I don't know if Tom owned the Dallas Stars. He's currently the owner of the Dallas Stars, but both of them from being from Vancouver were, were just butting heads. To get the team and end up, you know, in the end, Aquiline won. But to this day, there's there's some rivalry between us and Dallas, not on the ice, but just from the ownership's perspective, that both owners wanted this team. Mm, I didn't know that. March, this all got me thinking about one thing. Like I know we're deviating here from the topic, but like this whole ownership thing. Like if back in the day, when you wanted to talk about an expansion team, you knew it's going to be misery for ten years or at least five years minimum. Um, of being at the bottom and you're you're drafting constantly and hoping that it's going to win and and you have a hard time with your fans and everything and now with the, with Vegas and Seattle possibly Salt Lake City maybe Quebec and and Atlanta and Houston and Houston and whatnot like if I'm if I'm a billionaire I would I would go for an expansion team why would I pick up someone else's problems and and like you can't win. Like if somebody buys the Vancouver Canucks tomorrow, well, he just bought what is it? Uh, you said 30 years or 50 years of history with no no success. Like why would you want that? Why not create a new brand, slap in on new colors and new mascot? I don't know. In a way, yeah. I, I feel like they might have done that, didn't they? Because like, well, I mean, I think something. I wouldn't say a running joke. Well, maybe it is, but. Mm. Uh, how many? Well, obviously, I think the Oilers might ha- might have them matched there. But uh, as to how many jerseys the Canucks uh, come out yeah. with every year here, <laughs> so uh, you got the German re- flag. <laughs> yeah, German flag, uh, every color ever: uh, red, blue, green, anything you want. Um, I actually I mean, have I, a Vancouver jersey, the one with the with the actual Vancouver written on it. I don't know why they got rid of it. Uh, they waited for me to buy it, and then they got rid of it. I I I hated that wording on it. That looked stupid. Anyways, uh, G-Man, you were going to say something? 
Yeah, like um, it's a good point. You, good point you bring up that you know why even take on like a dumpster fire of a team that just doesn't get anywhere in it. And I think you know it's a question I ask like, Willie. It's like, well, why buy it? Uh, because it's still made of money. As much as the team has stunk um, through the you know the protests and the, the the asking for people to be fired, this arena has been packed night in night out. It's crazy. It's like you could just watch the worst hockey humanly possible and people will show up no matter what. Yeah, and he's that's, made, I think that's the problem. Yeah, like the valuation of the team is over a billion dollars for sure. He's made a lot of money even on just the team alone just being existing. So yeah, on the on the business end, I think it just even if you own a team and do nothing you're going to make money. You can finally afford a condo in Vancouver then. Perfect. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, I will go back all the way to the start here, uh, just quickly to note that uh, uh, GM Place, um, which is now Rogers Arena, which was GM Place, which was also nicknamed the Garage, uh, used to be, uh, the Canucks used to play at the Pacific Coliseum, which is at the PNE. Uh, so just going back to what we were talking about uh yeah. Two episodes ago, the PE. Yeah. yeah. So Canucks used to play there, and then they moved uh, downtown. So uh, I don't know. It might have been more accessible in a way if it were back then, but uh, it's definitely a way smaller arena, that's for sure. So, anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, I guess I want to just talk about the rivalries. Uh, who are the existing rivals of the Canucks? I mean, the thing is, the the conversation around it is uh, obviously. You can talk about the Bruins. I mean, I, I feel like they're rivals with everyone. Um, you can say <laughs> that, but at the same time, you know, it's hard to have rivals when you're really shit. Um, because the like, just to, again, as an example, Montreal, Boston has really not been the way it used to be, especially, well, I mean, obviously the Boston Montreal rival of the, you know, the 70s, 80s, whatever. But, uh, you know, most recently in 20. 14 to 2016 when Montreal and Boston were decent uh, and we met each other in the playoffs so that was really fun but since then you know Boston's been good and Montreal's been not good so um I don't know but the Canucks I mean I would say the Bruins I would also consider the Flames I'm not sure about the difference between the rivalry between the Canucks and the Flames and the Canucks and the Oilers um, I feel like there's probably a little more with the Canucks especially or with the Flames especially since uh, most recently the uh uh, the the you know Calgary took their entire team in free agency, and um, maybe we can also talk about uh, what the future of of Vancouver Seattle might be in terms of their rivalry. G man. Yeah, um, it, I think it's hard to have rivalries when you're not playing meaningful games, and this team hasn't played meaningful games in far too long. So um, the the demand for a Seattle Vancouver rivalry, I think, was it's it was odd. It's like I remember it being called the Battle of the I five, the highway that goes down to Seattle. And I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I think <laughs> the Kraken like ten times, like straight. Like they hadn't beat us a single time. No, 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 as good as they were. And I think on the last time we burst them, they beat us. And Kraken media lost it. They're like, oh, the Canucks are just getting defunct. They just got beat. <laughs> like, when was their arrival? We don't give a shit. Like, who cares? <laughs> oh, they were going heads over heels, you know, checkmating us. And yeah, it's it's something I'd like to see. I think maybe with this year, the Canucks being more competitive, we'll, we will see a, a fight, you know, for a wild card spot perhaps, or in the playoffs even. Um, your point of Boston being a rival, even when Boston comes to town, you know, even the littlest like goals will get, you know, attention from media and fans. And 
the way I see it is it's been far too long with Boston. Um, they are pretty much lost any pieces they have left from that run in 2011, other than Marchand. So fuck him. Um, and, and Lucic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, Lucic. Uh, I like yeah, Boston. If I had a choice, bro, press the erase button, March and, and the NHL, I would press on the Canucks first before Boston. <laughs> Isn't that a lovely thing to say to your to your guest who's a fan? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I would say, let, <laughs> I think um, I think um, when I again, I, it's not really positive as a comment, but I would say this anyways. Um, I always say I always say what I what I think. I think if you can, you want to have a rivalry, you have to have personalities. And maybe Demko, you have a little bit of a personality there. But on the other side, you have Shane Wright, who's a psychopath. And then you have um, Matthew Beniers, who's going to be a good one for a long time. So, you know, you got those a little bit. I mean, you can, Pedersen kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, of the demeanor of uh, of Grubauer. So I don't know. Like it's, I'm not really too sold on on, on those two teams having bigger uh, big energy like unless they, have, they play meaningful games like Jim had said I see what you mean I mean to the extent I mean like what I was referring to of Montreal and Boston you know Dale Weiss and Lucic you had Subban you had uh I mean even Price Chara, yeah Price but even Chara to an extent there, there there is a bit of personality that has to come out in the media and I feel like well I'm not going to say that no one it, uh, maybe it's just that there hasn't been an opportunity for some of these players to even come out and start saying stuff like this um yeah. i remember much i remember vancouver had a little bit of personality and a little bit of of a of a swan song story when it when they went to the uh third second round but technically third round because they won the uh the play-in series so you know uh, how can you have anything how can you even have personality if you're a, a bad team a yeah. bottom feeder for years so yeah it's a good point um yeah, I'd like to see the crack. And the only thing is you never get over the border when there's a game day because everyone's going to be coming back and forth. Mm-hmm. So just yeah. don't go to the United States uh, during game day. Um, yeah, it's a good point you made of um, players not like you have to have those players to start rivalries. Like back in 2011, we had the Rafi Torres of the world, you know, going for people's heads. So it was easy to do that with guys like BX and Kessler. Um, you know, right now, I wouldn't say we have many of those guys, the shit starters, you could say. Um one guy you don't want to mess with is JT. Uh, I don't trust that guy not to take your head off. And he's probably <laughs> really? the year. So he's one of those guys, and that's what I value about him too. Um, but yeah, it's Seattle. I don't see much of a rivalry yet. Boston, it's been too long. Um, and the way I see it is any Canadian team, really. Like when Toronto's in town, we hate Toronto. Like Canucks fans are a bitch like a year in advance about Toronto's start time for games because they love having their games at 4 o'clock. And a lot of just, I don't know, it just gets Kazakhstan's riled up. And even when Montreal comes to town, we barely see Montreal. Like, we don't even know who they are because it's on the other side of the, the continent, really. But uh, the fan ratio is like 50-50 here. And luckily for us, it's, it's been a... We, we've gotten the uh, the win here the last couple of times they've come to town. Mm, let's yeah, not get crazy here. i didn't go to the last game thank goodness i didn't go because i was a seven six canucks win and it was like the worst uh like you know we're up for we're up like four nothing and then the canucks came back and it's just horrible well and to touch on that um the canucks won that game thanks to elias Pettersson's revenge on mike matheson where he took the puck away from him and had a wide open net and shot and scored 
Matheson was a different player um, in in the fall. He 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 became a god in January. He updated his firmware. Yeah, then. he did. He literally did. Um, yeah, one it, thing about the management and the ownership and the organization in general. Like a couple of weeks back, Matt March, you talked about um, Luke Burdon. And, uh, you know, we touched on it a little bit. What do you think of that, Jim, and that whole, that whole fiasco, that, that, that PR situation that nobody needed? Um, and I, yeah, any comments on that or any, any thoughts? Yeah, Luke, I never knew um, because he... Well, not he him, just, but like, uh, was, yeah. it, was it uh, March, Ian Cole, who got his number? Yeah, 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 G-Man. Yeah, so yeah, like, like I was saying, Luke uh, was a guy I didn't know. So, you know, for the players and fans that did know him, I guess there's more of a, an emotional attachment to that. So when I saw the news of, um, you know, when they first then showed the video of the, the numbers being stamped on, um, I didn't really think too much of it because I didn't know the number of the guy as much. Um, exactly. And then, you know, all the fans that really knew Luke Burdon uh, growing up, they really were, you know, unsettled by the news that his number yeah. was being given and um luke's family never came out and said anything and um it was just a very blind just a tone deaf uh thing to do i i don't know how it gets you know through all the people you'd imagine would have you know, have to confirm and check mark that before it's done um right. and, I, and and i'm sure the gm isn't sitting in his office you know confirming numbers that's not really his job uh, i'm not sure who does that but it's not really a high profile thing so um do I think they did the right thing by giving the number away? No, um, but big props to Ian Cole for for you know realizing how odd of a thing that would be. Um, his number isn't retired; it's not up in the rafters by any means. But still, with the way uh, Luke Burdon, um, you know, his yeah. situation happened, I think it was it's best to uh, to uh, to not wear his number. And I think the the the, the feedback from media on Twitter and such, I, I think it's just. Okay. Um, Who was the? Yeah, go ahead, Mark. I was just in speaking of Luke Burdon, uh, it was G-Man that mentioned to me that uh, that uh, his uh, his agent was uh, Kent Hughes. So, um, yeah, there you go. That was, uh, yeah, something I, I found out um, looking back at Luke's. Uh, well, when that whole thing happened, I actually like put on myself to like go back and like look into Luke and um, learn more about him. So yeah, that was one thing I, I found out. Um, and Luke, I, I believe uh, Kent Hughes and Carrie Price actually also. Um, had remarks when he passed away um, on NHL's.com website. Interesting. All right. Um, uh, predictions, guys. Predictions for next season. Uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, so, yeah, I was going to say, so for predictions, uh, I guess we'll ask this to you, G-Man, and I guess uh, Danny and I can give our our our. Actually, let's start with this. What's one hot take for the Canucks next season um, that you have? And we'll start with G-Man. That's tough. Um, hot take. Huh. I, I think the first thing I would go to is probably Elias Patterson, but, like, I don't – like, what I'm going to say is 150 points? No. Um, it's tough with how good or bad this team can be just based on how healthy they are. So – Hot take. I'm gonna say Thatcher Demko is a top three goalie. I think he finally gets it together, doesn't get injured, actually has a reliable D for once, and I think he I think he shows Canucks fans and just to the league that he can take it to the next level. So top three in like I guess um in Vesna voting. Vesna. 
Oh wow, that's that's definitely hot. Um, I mean, I guess my hot take would be um, I think my hot take would be that uh, Brock Besser scores thirty goals. Hmm. I like that's hotter. Yeah, yeah. You'll and it's very funny. I listened to podcasts and recently they've talked about him and they. It's just like the moment they say Bozer, I just turn it off. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this Bozer guy. Yeah, he sucks. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's he's a, a little bit of a, of a wild card for me. Uh, I still like him. I mean, there's obviously been talks of him moving. Um, I don't see them moving him, especially with the cap going only up by a certain amount next season. I mean, if they're really desperate for moving him, they'd be done at the trade deadline. So he'll still have some time with the Canucks, I think. Um, but I still, but I think he he kind of gets it back together. And who knows if he scores 30 goals, maybe that's more incentive to trade him because now his value is super high. I don't know, but I can see him scoring 30 again. So yeah, or 30. Yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, he actually never scored 30. He scored 29. Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, yeah, I could see him scoring 30 again. And then I corrected myself and saying, actually, no, sorry, scoring 30. And just in general, because he never scored 30. He scored 29. Yeah, he's um. He's been a player that's gone through a lot, um, which is why I've I've taken back a lot of the criticism like I've given him. He lost his dad last year due to cancer, and yeah, um, that was very tough on him. Uh, if I don't know if many people outside the market saw, but at the uh, season end press conference, he ended up just tearing out and just falling crying uh, when asked about that, and that was tough. And he had lost his best friend in a car accident years ago, and and he's he's at the most um, of of most players to take on, so. Um, last year, he did promise to media, I'm going to score 30, and, and unfortunately, that never happened with his dad being on his mind a lot. Um, he's uh, It's hard to trade him. He's a winger. Wingers have very low value right now. Um, he did ask for a trade last year uh, through his agent to find a uh, team that wanted him, and since then, he's taken that back since Rick Tockett's come in. He's, uh, he's actually been very good under Tockett. He's liked what Tockett's brought in, um, so he's taken back the trade request, so I don't I don't imagine he'll be traded soon um, over, over a guy like Garland. Danny, hot take. I'm gonna be I'm gonna say a hot take here, but I'm gonna say that it's uh, it is so specific that the chances of this happening might not uh, might not uh, you know play out as, sure. I, as I wanted. But I'll I'll just say it still. But before I said I'm gonna have a question here for BG Man. Is JT yeah. Miller more of a, a center or a winger? Good question. Uh, he is an overall better player as a winger, is what I'll say. Um, Can he win faceoffs? He said he said 55%, right? Yeah, he's the lowest he's gone is 53% uh, over the past four years. So yeah, he can win faceoffs. He he, he can play center. Yeah. So he this just, is my he, hot take, March. Um, JT Miller to Nashville. He seems like it's a guy who would fit really really well with what they're trying to do there. And maybe at some point we can get someone from Nashville on the show and and talk about what they're trying to build over there. But when I see O'Reilly, when I see McDonough, when I see OC, um, you know, JT Miller complements that a little bit. You got some, a little bit of a so- number of softies that they got rid of as well. A little bit of troublemakers as well with Duchesne and and, uh, and Ryan Johansson. So um, I think that JT Miller, they have the space for it. Uh, he signed for long-term, 8 million for a second C. Should be okay. What do you guys think? You know, I, when you said it, I was like, eh. but then at the same time, I realized who the hell knows what uh, Barry Trotz is doing. 
So, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it's it's very specific. Um, very specific. It might I, not even happen. But I though I could see it if if they were trying to move him. I don't know if the Canucks are looking to move him as much as they were when he signed the contract. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a trade. That's for sure. And, yeah, it's yeah. So. He's he's been reported to go to like you know all the teams you can think of. He was actually um, this is a rumor. Don't take it you know with, to take it with a grain of salt. But he was rumored to be the guy that the Islanders wanted the year prior uh, to Harvey having being traded, and that never ended up happening because the the leak came out that I was going down and Lou Lamb shut it down immediately. So. JD, um, or JT, not JD, um, being traded is not something new. Um, Nashville is an interesting one, though. I, I, I do see your point, but I, <laughs> like Mark said, I have no damn idea what Barry Trotz is doing. So, and, it, it, well, quickly before that, actually, uh, JT can't be moved because he's in mo- no movement clause that kicked in this July 1st. Yeah, so, but if you tell him, hey, uh, you want to save on taxes, he'll be the one uh, backing himself, so. Uh, yeah, that, that might work, but uh, you know, uh, I, I don't, don't know. think he. I just, I just have to say, like, I don't know his personality. I know from he's from, he's done New York, he's done Vancouver. The guy is probably aching for a quiet place, you know, to play. Um, I don't know. People seem to like Nashville, the players at least. So I, I would see him as a fit there. He's got the personality for it. He's like you mentioned, is a mean guy. He's a he's a tough guy. Good on the faceoffs, can score. Signed for a long time. He's 30 years old, so you know the last three years are going to be bad. But at least, you know, I don't know. It, it fits the same timeline as O'Reilly. I mean, O'Reilly is, is not young either. So and Yossi and, and these guys. So I yeah, don't know. Good take. Odd one. Yeah, we'll see. I was going to say that Vancouver is going to be a lottery team, but by extension, if if JT Miller is gone and uh, Oliver Ekman Larson is is bought out, and uh, I don't know, it just makes sense that. To be honest with you, like uh, this is not really related, but when I see a, a team signing one-year deals, usually mm. this is not a good sign. It just means that uh, it kind of remind me of uh, of Tarasenko in Ottawa. It, I mean, I don't know what Ottawa is trying to do, but it seems to me like it's oh well, we'll try it. If it doesn't work, we'll trade him at, at half off at the trade deadline for a first-round pick. Like, that's kind of what I'm what I'm seeing here, but I, I don't know. I, yeah, I can't tell so you. Yeah. Um, I think most people are happy that they got guys at one years. Now, I do see your point. Like, it's just like a very short-term solution. It's not really going to help you long-term because it's only a year. Yeah. Um, walk, and you just trade them. So it's not really building anything. But I was very happy because we didn't do the Myers. We didn't do the Louis Eriksons. Um, these are more like you're coming in because we have guys that are, you know, eventually going to come in and fill the spots in the minors. We don't want to give you so much term. Um, so, yeah, it's a good point you bring up, though, of uh, – of that um second to last question concerning our deep dive here uh do they make the playoffs next year if considering that they're fully healthy tough one um no it's not um you know it's weird because if you asked me this last season most Canucks fans would have said yes you know everyone was on the Bruce Boudreaux bandwagon and um, team was scoring like they have never scored before, but I knew deep down this team was that was not sustainable. Um, they were giving way too much defensive chances, and and now with Tocket coming in, I was a bit, you know, I wasn't sure with Tocket. He's not he doesn't have a great reputation, 
he's best friends with Travis Green, who was here before and just bench the crap out of players and with bag seats and such. So, um, but with Rick Talk coming in, I've for the finally for the last like decade, I've seen good D out of Tyler Myers. I've seen like actual defense structure put into place where Demko is not going, you know, post to post every two seconds. So this year, I think I'm higher than higher than most people in the team. Uh, when it comes to the playoffs, I think they do it. It won't be the prettiest way by any means, but I think they'll squeeze in via wild card. Um, I was going to say the exact same thing. I think they make the wild card if they're healthy. And 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 I and I'm gonna t- I I guess I'll just explain why I think that. Um, looking at the Pacific Division, uh, okay, you got Vegas, sure, lock. Okay, you got Edmonton, whatever, sure, lock. I mean, they can just score their way there. L.A. Kings, they got uh, Cam Talbot and Net. So, uh, to tell you the truth, you can talk about Pierre Luc Dubois all you want. I don't care. Okay, um, this team is, it's 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 sure it's 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 solid, but you have to put up a solid performance offensive, defensively, defensively to support that type of goaltending. Um, Seattle, um, Seattle made the wild card Pacific division. Uh, Winnipeg made the wild card. Uh, I don't see them being there uh, next year. Um, Calgary was just out, barely out. I don't see them making it there that next year. Nashville is there, but considering where Vancouver finished last year at 38, 37, and seven um and let me see their points right here quickly um it doesn't even tell you their points oh here they are uh 10 points away from calgary uh 12 points away from a wild card position last year i fully healthy and 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 considering i think demko and this is saying demko too like fully healthy plus healthy demko and they have like the scoring they put up this season uh yeah wild card for sure i see them pushing out a winnipeg calgary and nashville easily to get that spot if 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 vegas edmonton la and seattle all make it like they they've got a slot there and they're better teams than calgary um nashville is very interesting because they got usc they got saros they got they got good pieces but at the same time no one knows the direction so that's a wild that's a bit of a wild card in itself there but vancouver i think has a good chance i don't think they're going to finish fifth um on their in the wild card position here i think they'll be closer to probably just outside the wild card if they miss Danny? For me, uh, let's put it this way. If the NHL marketing team calls Vancouver and says, hey, look, uh, we're ordering the templates for the playoff uh, template for the ice. Um, <laughs> do you want one? Uh, I think Vancouver should decline, not pay for the shipping. So um, that that's how I would put it. Where do you see them finishing? Um, I mean, they can finish above uh, Calgary. They can finish above uh, maybe Anaheim. You know something like that, but uh, they're they're not making the playoffs in my opinion. Just watch them win the, the Stanley Cup, just to contradict everything. I'm yeah, saying. this is this is usually how it goes. We we, I mean, we last predict something said, it's opposite. Uh, I said Bedard is going to Boston, and they won they they broke the record for the best season. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's anyways, good, yeah, it's good luck when Danny says you're going to do shit. So it's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, where would you put uh, Vancouver's jerseys on in the league? I, I made a list not too long. Well, actually, a year ago uh, when Seattle came out. Uh, I love their jerseys when they came out with theirs. Um, I own one Canucks jersey because um, it was on sale. Um, they're nice. I like them. Where would you rank them in terms of the league? 
Now I'm not saying do a list in your head right now and tell me, but do you do you what do you consider of them? G Man. Well if you're looking at like the old black skate jersey, um for non hockey fans, I've seen them put them, you know, that up in the top ten easily. Um, there's been a, there's been a big push for that to come back, and there's been some rumors that it might. So I'm not too sure actually. Um, but with the current ones that are blue with the Orca on it, um, I like it. Uh, they don't have the you know the wow things that the Vegas Knights jerseys have, um, which is like glow in the dark and that sort of thing. Now that's only for players, but still it's cool. Um, I'd say on the safe side they're in the top 15. And uh, uh, if it's a non-Canucks fan, I think you might get some say it's top 10, but I think for the most part, it'd be in the, around the around the 15 mark. Mm, I had the, I'll just say I have the Canucks jersey in my top six. No, oh, okay. Mm. I, I really liked when they had the 50 patch on it. Yeah. Um, that was a really nice jersey. I like the jersey a lot. I think it's uh, like the big Orca instead of having the Vancouver over it. It's a lot better. Um, Let's just say the new Vegas jerseys are probably in my bottom five. Uh, I hate them. Disgusting. Anyways, uh, (laughs) uh, Danny, where do you see? Do you have a? So you said you have a Connects jersey, right? That's the one with the Vancouver on it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, I didn't pay for its full price. Uh, And all the, in all disclosure, I would say. I don't mind saying I paid thirty dollars for it. Brand new, it's not used. Uh, it's number? a brand new fan. Uh, no number. I don't buy jerseys huh? with numbers. I only have one with a number, and it's uh, actually I have two now. It's Crosby and McDavid. But um, mm. uh, I would say that I like their colors, color color theme. I think it's a winner. I think it's kind of iconic as well. Like you know, we've we've gotten used to it. They're not an original team six, but like nobody can watch hockey and not know what Vancouver looks like. Um, they are a little bit. I hate the fact that they have so many jerseys as well. I am not a fan of the whole German flag era, like with Pavel Bure and and stuff. Like I know it has a semblance for uh, have has like a a meaningful a meaning for the uh, for the fans, but I'm not a fan of it. Um, March, I, I didn't really, I can't really come up with a list of uh, of ranking right now, but I would say that it's in the bottom tier for me. I like it just because it's a Canadian team and. I like to collect jerseys, but um, if I had a choice, I would go back to actually the, uh, well, it's a tough one, but I would go back to the dark blue. Um, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, but I do like the, the current one. Like, if they make that the third one, then I would be fine with that. There's no need for the German flag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny because I'm just totally imagining people listening to this. Who have no knowledge of the, what this jersey is, and you're just talking about a German flag, <laughs> and they're like, uh, did they put a patch on it, or is it? Uh, yeah. They actually fly around with a German though, flag. They make the absolute best special night jerseys. They're, mm-hmm. they're um, yeah, they're, they're really uh, good. What are they? The, what are they? The, what are the categories? The, the pride. Um, there's pride. The, there's for, uh, First Nations. Um, there's uh, Black History Month. At, Okay, yeah, these these three I think not the soldiers one. Like I don't like the cameo ones, um, but I really yeah. like every time they really knock it out the park. Every time. Yeah, they do yeah, it pretty it, well. Were you gonna say something, G-Man? Uh, no, not much. Um, oh, okay. Like, 
quickly regarding those those skate jerseys, the German flags. I never I never grew up watching them. Um, to me, I like them because they stand out. Um, you know, at times I remember when I when I was younger, watching Canucks and Leafs games, you almost forgot who was who. Um, if you forgot about the green or didn't really notice the green, um, but like the skate jerseys stand out. Like, what other team has that color scheme that vibrantly? You know, the Flames, I guess, do with it or that that jersey they release with a horse on it, um, which is ripped yeah, off. That's the true. <laughs> um, yeah, literally ripped it off. But sure, um, yeah, usually off our players and free agency. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, the reason I like it, it it's black. A eh? black looks nice. It blends in. Um, and yeah, it's just very, it's very unique. You you won't see much like it. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, uh, yeah. And just I'm I'm googling right now and I'm looking at them. Yeah, their Diwali jersey is so nice. Uh, I'm oh, not yeah. even Indian, but yeah. It's only the, 750. Buy them. Yeah, it's only 750 dollars. Um, I will say that the the German flag is totally different in my opinion. Like I do not like the German flag. I really like the black skate. Um, what about the flying V? Have you seen that one? Th- no, that, that's no, the one I don't you. like. That's the one I don't like. Screw that. Yeah. That's what I consider the German team Germany. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, 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 hold on. Let me just Google this really quickly. Uh, Connects jerseys. I think it was uh, the one I loved so much. 2006. Yeah. Then you just search up this. Oh, I just love this so much. 2006, 2007. um, Home Jersey. It's like dark blue with the red, uh, silver and light, uh, lightish dark blue. Um, the old logo, so it had the uh, the dark blue and blue. Oh, it's just so nice. If they made this into an alternate, I'd buy it immediately. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's off of like '90s Vancouver. I don't know why the colors and stuff. I don't know. Well, they had that uh, the because the, the new Canucks retro one with like the green and like the hue and like the stuff. Oh, they had yeah. like that old like the old retro jersey, but the the that that's based on the jersey that's red. I don't know why they went with that. I would have preferred the 2006 one, but oh, well, whatever. Anyways, uh, Danny, moving on. Uh, we've got some topics to talk about, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this things up here. I think this was, guys, I think this was a very successful deep dive. I, I like the format. I like we covered a lot. I mean, for the audience listening to this, I mean, they they if they like the Canucks, this is this episode was for them. If they are they hate the Canucks, I also think this is a this episode was for them as well. Uh, just because they can, you know, when you learn so much about uh, your enemy, I think uh, you can find some common grounds there. Um, I liked it. I, I think we should do more often of these merch. I think we should um, have. Uh, I know we're we're working slowly on on getting some people from other teams as well to join in. Um, but I love this format. What about you? Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um... There's a lot of insight, a lot of things I learned. I mean, obviously, I live in Vancouver, so there's certain things I do know. But um, the whole point of it really is to inform not just ourselves, but people listening, uh, learn about the team, learn about things surrounding the team. Uh, I mean, like, we're not experts on everything. So um, hearing certain little insight in in and outs of, of teams and organizations and players is always fun. Uh, fan experiences is also really good like there's a lot of things in the league i'd like to know about i mean like you said before this is kind of a, a an easy way of going and and almost learning about this yeah. without having to actually go there so um 
we're 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 cheap bastards getting people on here to but uh, not even that i mean it's even if you (laughs) even if you decide one day to go to example seattle or nashville or whatever and and you get you know get this information you're going to know what to look out for and that is very true yeah that's a good point danny that's very um, good all right let's uh i got a few topics Uh, some of them are outdated a little bit and and i have a good good reason for that i mean the last two episodes we've had uh, some very cool uh, guests that kind of took a little bit of more time than their usual topics, uh, which was actually amazing. But still, um, this is kind of why I wanted to touch on, on a few things be, that happened uh, probably two weeks ago. Um, the Hockey Canada investigation, uh, there have been some reports that uh, teams are actually bracing for a lot of people, a lot of players to be suspended. Um, do you think that this kind of explains why there's a lot of quality UFAs still on the market and there's not many trades and like uh, as if we needed more time, more reasons to have a freeze when it comes to hirings and and trades and stuff. Uh, any thoughts, guys, on on this topic? Um, yeah, I think it does it does concern uh, guys like Carter Hart and stuff. Uh, I'm just yeah. searching up who was actually on that team. Um, also, I did not know Victor Mete was. Uh, yeah, he was. But he's on Philly right now. What the heck is going on? He's nowhere, I think. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, he signed, right? Minimum. Yeah. Yeah, Philadelphia. Um. Uh. Yeah. So Victor Mete, Taylor Radish, Boris Kachuk, uh, Sam Steele, Connor Timmins, Robert Thomas, Jordan Kiru, Kale McCarr, uh, Yona, yeah, Yona Gadjevich, Dante Fabro, Dylan Dubé, Brett Howden, Maxime Comtois, Cal Foot. Michael McLeod, Drake Batherson, and Alex Formanton. And uh, Alex For- and Alex Formanton um, is the only one who didn't make a statement. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, any thoughts, Jimin? Uh, yeah, it's tough to say when we don't know the information. Um, what I heard from the report was that the the league had sent it to teams, but they'd asked for it to be confidential until the the league decided to share publicly. So it might be a while until we actually get it uh, officially of what happened. And if, and if that's even the case, if we don't even get it officially, and if just, yeah. um, with regards of people not being signed, uh, like Mark mentioned there, uh, yeah, people like Carter Hart, perhaps uh, that trade option might've been limited due to this. Um, but I think most people that are available in the free agent market are just asking too much money um, right now. Um, I, I want to just go over some of these statements. It's very funny. I, some of them are, are obviously just you know normal generic statements, but uh, hold on. Uh, Kale McCarr said, I think it's an ongoing investigation, but I did receive an email. <laughs> I, I did receive an email, and obviously I'll be very cooperative in the investigation. Whatever they need from me, I'll be very cooperative. So he's really emphasizing he's cooperating. Dante Fabro, I think, is the funniest. Uh, Dante was in bed, and he wasn't a part of this in any way. Uh, that's it. <laughs> I was asleep. What do you want from me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, some people. I was. De- uh, Victor Mete said, "I'm deeply troubled." Um, okay. <laughs> uh, Sam Steele. I was not involved. I was look. For, I look forward to cooperating with the NHL uh, investigation. Uh, Robert Thomas said. Uh, well, who else said? Um, Dylan Dubé did not engage in any wrongdoing, and he cooperated fully with the independent London police service through which all players were then cleared of any wrongdoing. So basically the agent saying there's no wrongdoing because they already did one through the police. Um, 
just hilarious. Anyway, yeah, but, uh, and then I mean, Alex Forbes in those things. The topic is not hilarious, but you know what I mean. Like it's just. Uh, oh, it's a shit show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Q in the PR uh, chat GPT hey. statement. You know? <laughs> exactly. It's just a total hellhole. Um, All right. Yeah. Uh, moving on. You know, this this is actually a, a tough story. Um, uh, that Oilers kid um, that uh, passed away. Yeah, he was. Uh, I think his name was Ben or David. Ben, what was Ben? It's Ben uh, Stittler. I think. Okay. Yeah, Stelter, so, sorry. So we know we know his story. Uh, unfortunately, uh, his dad as well has uh, cancer. So just wanted to kind of wish him uh, good luck on that. And um, I saw some nice touches as well from uh, you know from people on. I saw you know Suzuki. For those that are interested, Suzuki donated to that cause. Um, Jackie's mom she tweeted about it as well. So um, yeah, just wanted to highlight that as well. Very bad. Very sad news. Yeah. It's it's a shame. I mean, uh, you, at that point, you just hope it doesn't. It's not something that runs in the family here. I mean, uh, yeah. unless it's just uh, bad luck that uh, extreme bad luck. Yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy. But uh, yeah, there's a GoFundMe for them, and and uh, some some notable people have donated. But it's um, yeah, it's too okay. bad. Next one is uh, our friend uh, Kuznetsov. Uh, the bird uh, asked for a trade out of Washington. Ah, I actually. Yeah, I completely forgot that he did that. Yep. So, any thoughts on that, uh, G-Man? Do you like the, Do you like Kuznetsov? What do you think of him? I do. I do like him. And um, with him being in his situation, he was actually a person I saw quite oftenly got connected to the Canucks um, for like a JT Miller trade, and I never understood the logic of that. But um, he's he's a great player, but the massive thing with him is he just overpaid. And it's it's tough. I'm assuming Capitals are going into a stage where they want to get younger and perhaps rebuild. Perhaps it's hard to say, but uh, with a contract like that, I, I just don't see it being moved unless they move that money out and bring money back in um, in some other sort of way. You know, it's crazy is you consider him overpaid, but I'm looking at the st- stats. I mean, like he's getting the paid same as Suzuki and seven point eight million and the guy's point. Well, I should never mind. I was going to say his point per game, but I was looking at his penalty minutes. Um, <laughs> uh, no, he's, yeah, 55 points. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of tailed off. I mean, in 2018, he was at his peak. That's when they won the cup in the playoffs. He was fantastic. He had 32 points in 24 games in the playoffs. Um, in the playoffs since, he's actually performed quite well. He's, you know, six points, five points, but they have never really gotten past that since they won the cup. Um, yeah. Do you guys yes. see any team uh, jumping on him? 7.8 for two more years. Ooh. Um, I don't know. I, I This kind of screams, um, he's a center, um, 31 years old. He's got two more years, right? So, oh, you know what? Like, I'm telling you, like, this is something that probably, uh, I would not be surprised if, if Toronto jumps on this. Knowing Tree Living, he would. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it just sounds, seems like a Toronto move to get this guy. Um, and does it help? Probably not. But next yeah, one, I, I kind of talked about it. Uh, I kind of talked about it. We can quickly go over it. What do you? What are your thoughts, Tarasenko in Ottawa? Well, I don't understand it. Uh, well, not from the idea of like Ottawa getting him. I don't understand what Tarasenko thinking. Yeah. Considering the 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 offers he had, 
um g-man actually has an interesting idea or thought to this but um in in my opinion um you know he had offers from carolina florida and san jose you know you can throw san jose in the trash who cares but you know carolina and florida these are good teams uh so it doesn't really make sense that um and and they both offered the same amount of money and same term i think san jose offered long term um yeah i don't know i guess uh, it's just something I, I have no idea maybe it might be ice time there nobody saw it nobody saw yeah, it oh i i don't know i mean well they we did hear about it for a little bit but i, I we heard rumors of it but it was never like yeah he's going there it was kind of like okay carolina i think or maybe he might stay in new york or whatever no it's just okay we're going to ottawa g-man any thoughts yeah i, I what I had heard it was a month prior to him um, actually signing there was that he was it was pretty much it wasn't like official news by some media but the problem was that they had to get Debrinket out and they couldn't bring him in until that happened so that was kind of the problem they had um, or else they would have signed him much earlier um, yeah it's it's an odd signing if you're looking at it like who goes to Ottawa to you know at his age and mm-hmm. at his skill level but the way I see it and like the way I see it is this: that with his, with his age, you know, he's an elite player. Um, he hasn't hit the same. I think he's he would like to uh, hit the same level. And I, I think he chose Ottawa mainly because it's an up and coming team. He knows if you'll go there versus somewhere like Carolina, he won't get you know playing time if you're in Carolina. When he goes to Ottawa, he's going to be in the top line or at least in the top six. He's going to playing time. He's with an up and coming team, th- and he's only there for one year. So if he goes there, he gets you know Absolutely. plays. All- puts up points he can either decide to stay in ottawa um you know they've got a you know a decent future with him or he can take the points make the dough and go somewhere else so i think it's a good spot i think san jose was one of the other options where he could have gone to and as nice as it would be to you know chill on the beach in san jose um i think san jose is going to be one of the worst teams next year Excellent. It's actually looking at his stats. It's actually insane. From 2014-15 up until 2018-19 when they won the cup, um, this guy was like a consistent 35-plus goal scorer. Um, just, and then you know he would. I, I say he's consistent up to then because not because his points dropped off, but afterwards he was really injured. His first really kind of full season afterwards was. Um, uh 2021 20, 2022 and he scored 34 again but he had the most points in his career 82 points um and that wasn't even that long ago that was only a couple of years ago that was the most points in his career last season um i wouldn't say two years ago that was uh, the year prior to last season the last season he played he only had 18 goals but he only really played 60 he played 69 games he had 40 points no sorry 30 i, I can't I can't count 50 points. Yeah. So 50 points in 69 games. It's not horrible for someone who's been playing as inconsistent as him. Look at Claude Giroux. I mean, he played really well in, in on Ottawa last year. Um, just pulling up his stats right now because I just yeah, but get he's a got to bring it. He's got to bring it to think for that. In my opinion. Okay, uh, don't. Uh, I, I'm going to disagree with you 100% here, man. Uh, <laughs> Please tell me you're joking. Or if you, you know what, if you like Brinket, go ahead. No, I Brink don't. Is, okay. <laughs> the, yeah, Peace. Anyways, okay. But he had 79 points, 35 goals. I didn't know that Claude Giroux had a 102-point season. Jeez. Crazy. And that that was only in 2018. My goodness. 
and Philly and oh my god did Philly make the, Philly got eliminated round one so there you go um yeah I could um and Florida he played well uh the he played well when he got traded there but um yeah he played really well with Colorado last season uh, so Tarasenko might be the same, and and I think a lot of this has to do with the cap. The cap is stricken, so you can't sign long term because players know they want to cash in. This guy, he can try and cash in after next season if he plays well. If he doesn't, he can go to he can then try Carolina or Florida, and play in their in their bottom in their top nine or bottom six because he realized, hey, listen, I couldn't do it with ice time. I might as well just get the money I can now and win something, and then hopefully you know, capitalize on another contract later. But I can kind of see what where where we're getting at here. I mean, I would have seen a little more room on Florida if you went to Florida. It's obviously very nice. Uh, it seems, but but this guy is like anti, totally anti-Russian. I mean, we're talking about Russians going to like these tax-free places and these, you yeah. know, all these, uh, you know, all these beaches and stuff. And this guy said, uh, you know, I'm a fake Russian, so I'm going to the Ottawa. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> it's like yeah, fun. He's a double there agent. Go. He's going to the yeah. Canadian capital. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a uh, he's he's the uh, he's the spy in Los Alamos. So there you go. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, one last story here, and then we call it today. I think um, one storyline that kind of caught your eye, uh, March, um, the whole Backland and and Sutter thing. You want to talk to the audience a little bit about this and share your thoughts. Uh, yeah, give me one second. Uno momento, uh, everybody. I'm just going to pull it up because it was on. Uh, yeah, here we go. So initial breakers, uh, I, I, to tell you the truth, it's not like they're. Uh, what's that? What's that thing? Puck? No. What's that Instagram thing that everyone looks at? Uh, Puck Empire. It's not like it's yeah. Puck Empire because I think they get legitimate. But initial breakers, I've seen a lot of. Uh, they basically said um, uh, Mackenzie Weger was interviewed on missing missing curfew after the season and said the most that most players on the Flames got into shouting matches with former coach Daryl Sutter. Absolutely no surprise there, but no more than Michael Backlund, who is um a contender to be captain. I don't yeah, know. I think uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, he wants to be traded. He wants to go somewhere else, and he wants to be captain. So yeah, they, they <laughs> no seriously, I'm, I'm not that, joking. I uh, know, I know, I know. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what's funny about it. Yeah. Um, Sutter would press Backlund, and he would give it back to him, engaging in a lot of fu's back and forth. Uyghur mm. said he he felt a change was definitely needed as things had gotten toxic in the locker room. Backlund and some of his teammates were reportedly upset that he wasn't named the team's captain, as the <laughs> team felt uh, disappointed. Um, and Apparently he said, uh, "F you, F you, Daryl, go f yourself." Uh, to him. So I have, um, uh, I have yeah. an answer to this, but not really related to Backlund. Um, I was watching a a recent interview. I think he was like uploaded like not even a week ago or even yesterday or something with Lucic with Spitting Chicklets, and he was telling a story. And this is a true story. Like you have to hear it to believe it. Um, he would like Sutter would go back in the in the Flames locker room. Um, when the score is 0-0 after the first period, and he would like yell at uh, Mark Sermon and say, Vladart, get ready, you know, you're going in, you know, or something like that and stuff like that. So just to harass uh, uh, Mark Sturm. So oh I'm not, I am not one bit surprised, but like Lucic was saying, and I honestly, I, I laughed out uh, out loud, to be honest with you, when I saw that, when I heard, when I heard that. 
can you imagine like your Mark Sturm that scores zero zero? You think you're doing okay, and then the coach comes in, it's like, okay, backup goalie, <laughs> get ready, you know. <laughs> So. I don't know. And obviously, there's probably some guys on that team that liked him. I mean, obviously, Tyler Toffoli uh, mm-hmm. probably liked him a lot. But, geez, like, come on. And there's an issue with Daryl Sutter, and and it doesn't surprise me that when he got canned and, and that there was probably something wrong in the locker room. Yeah. So, G-Man, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't know. I've We've heard all the stuff about Daryl Sutter getting locked out of locker rooms in L.A. and uh all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the old style that Daryl Sutter plays, you know, coaches with. Um, there's hard coaches, there's pockets, there's greens, there's Daryl Sutter's. And, you know, with with the newer style, these tough coaches like Rick Tockett, I think they're different that they know when to let off. Um, I think Daryl Sutter has no idea when to let off. And um, I don't know, I would rather. Wow. Yeah. Stuck, in a, stuck in the wrong era. Well, he yeah. said, you remember what he said about Coronado or something? He's like, what number is he? Like, oh, come on, man. It was yeah, Peltier. Well, yeah. Come on, yeah. buddy. Like, get a, get a, like, it look, like, a, like, he used to do what Elaine Vigneault did, retire. It's okay, buddy. You're, you're, you're not in the same headspace as you were back then. You got to get out of here. You got to move. So, my opinion. Yeah, they right, should guys. conduct, like, a, a team psychologist, like, perform tests on these guys before they hire them. Like, are you fit for <laughs> yeah. your job? Yeah, it seems psychologists yeah. will need a, a psychologist for himself. <laughs> all, right. Um, all right, guys, I think this was very successful. Um, I don't have anything else to add. Um, anything else from both of you before we call it an evening? Uh, um, not much. It's been a pleasure to be on. Share some uh, stuff that I hear daily uh, for hours and hours on end, and you know, share that to people that you know perhaps don't know that. So, yeah, you gotta come uh, back on. You gotta come back on, my friend. Hey, just let me know. Yeah, it's it's good having you, and it was it was fun doing this uh, this deep dive. I learned, like I said, I learned some things. Hopefully, Danny, you learned some things, and obviously, hopefully, everyone out there learned some things about uh, the Vancouver Canucks. And and we're not all um, we're not all uh, Habs content here, <laughs> so no, definitely uh, We we want to talk about uh, certain other teams as well, and and not just talk about them, but actually. Uh, do a little bit of research and learn more about them. So uh, there's more to come. Um, there's other teams to come. Um, you know, like we had our last interview with the Habs Fan TV and we learned about Nashville, but that's just like the, the tip of the iceberg. Like we want to go into a lot of these cities and teams a lot more. So if you're listening, uh, feel free to reach out. We've already had a couple people reach out to us uh, who have listened to the podcast for a few episodes and have talked about wanting to come on. So feel free to reach out. Um, let us know where you're from and, and like we said, we also will do like something like Montreal as well, um, because even though I'm a fan, I, I live in Vancouver, so there's a lot of things I don't know about Montreal uh, and the fan experience there. So we'll try and cover everything, but this summer, probably not. Um, throughout the season, probably. That'd be fun to do. Absolutely. Okie dokie. Well, it's been fun. Thanks for, for joining us. Thanks for joining us, G-Man. Um, it's been great. Um, like he, like Danny said, come back anytime. And Danny, I'll let you close it off. Sure, absolutely. Thank you so much, everyone. This is the again the the, the awkward moment where we we have to sound professional here. Uh, I'm starting to understand now, March, why uh, 32 thoughts they put these uh, bloopers in the beginning of the show. You know, they they don't want to do a, a a formal introduction or something, so they just put 
you know, some sort of ending to it. So. Oh, so should we just like hit record and actually not say anything and just like start talking about like crap? Like, yeah. And then in the middle of it, like we go back to music and then like, you know, uh, put you in the car with the windows down. And, and, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> All right. Exactly. Uh, it's been a pleasure, guys. Have a good evening or day if you're listening to this in the morning and we'll see you again. Thank you very much. Right. See you, everybody.